Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. Triple M footy lives on listener. Replays, interviews, and the only place to catch every Triple M footy call. Oh, wow. Sunday. So often the day after the night before. A day to lay low, relax, keep out of harm's way. But not here. Oh, Rugby League's biggest names get busy right now. Triple M's Sunday Sinbin. Oh, good afternoon and welcome to the Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to the Listener Footy Talk podcast. Ben Dobbin, James Graham, Gordon Tallis and James Hooper with you for the next four hours ahead of the Melbourne Storm taking on the Cronulla. That's the game. If you've just joined us and you've been living under a rock for the King's weekend, the King's birthday weekend in New South Wales and nothing up here in Queensland. Dragons beat the Rabbitohs 36 points to 30. Brisbane defeated Newcastle 24 points to 20 and Penrith uh, put the broom through the Roosters last night 30 points to 6. So much to get through this afternoon and we'll look at Origin. We'll talk about obviously Tino, the Tino incident on Thursday night. We'll unpack all the round has, which has been round 15. A very good afternoon to my great friend and one of the leaders of this show arguably the best in the business. James Super. good afternoon. How are you mate? Very good Dobbo. How good was that scenes yesterday at Cogra Oval? 7,500 yeah. that to shut the Gates, Gordon, I know you would have played yeah. there when it was a full house and Jimmy all the same. Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock kickoff. You can't beat that setup. Fantastic, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, big crowd as well. Uh, Jimmy Graham, good afternoon. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Ben. How are you? Wonderful. You enjoy your weekend, mate? What are you doing for the King's uh, weekend, King's birthday weekend, mate? Like, I mean, you, you, you're the only one here that really has a love for the King. I will be working. <laughs> oh, what, you're not going to have a little break and, you know, like, and honour the king's birthday? No. I'll, I'll have a piece of cake. Oh, can you <laughs> get those, have a cup of tea and a those, like, English noodles as well, whatever <laughs> they oh, are? What are the English pot noodles called? Look, the pot noodles. Hey, the, the pot the, noodle. I'll have, yeah. a pot, I'll have a pot noodle, a bit of cake, <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> Salute the king, he's, and he's under the cosh working. Uh, he's under I, the cosh. I, I, am, I am under the cosh. We've got Monday's. We've got Monday scrum for Triple M. <laughs> then I've got a dart out. I've got to do some stuff for the dogs, oh, and then yeah, down working for for Triple M as well. Calm the game. Oh so. god, he's making yeah. some money. Uh, Gordon, tell us. Good afternoon. How are you, mate? I'm fantastic. What a what a great weekend of footy. I thought last night um, a couple of games were just outstanding, especially the Broncos versus the Knights, the Titans one. So. The Dolphins went down, but uh, let's go. Well, we're going to get. Well, we will look at Brisbane and, nicely. We will talk with Kevin Walters very shortly as well. But guys, let's start the show and, and, and talk about probably the real concerning issue, which is the Roosters. They suffered another oh. big defeat last night, thirty points to six, uh, by the, a Panthers side that is really starting to hit some form. No Nathan Cleary in that side, so a lot of people were expecting Penrith not to be at the same level that they've been week in, week out. Well, they never missed a beat. Uh, but the concerning thing is, guys, is the Roosters. Uh, they've started the year, six wins, seven losses. They've had two buys, and they are in some trouble in this competition. They were my favourites. I thought they were going to win the comp before the season started. Hoops, I'll start with you. This is a worry uh, for Trent Robinson and Nick Belitis and the Roosters' fabric because it's just not the way this club has been in the last 10 years. They, they don't play this way. No doubt about it, Dobbo. I think this is the biggest challenge or equally the biggest challenge that Trent Robinson's faced in his tenure as the Roosters coach. He's won three premierships in his time at the Chalks. Uh, But if you go back to... 
2016 and Mitchell Pearce was suspended for the opening eight weeks of the season and I think Robbo would openly admit that was certainly the biggest challenge he faced um, early doors as coach at the Sydney Roosters. But I think the predicament that the club's in now, you can't sugarcoat it, Dobbo. They've got the worst attack in the competition. They're averaging just over 16 points per game. Listening to the players after the game last night when they were interviewed on Fox League and a lot of the narrative was about defensively and how they're not quite that well connected and all that sort of thing. But to me, Jimmy, it's it's the fact that this Roosters side with so many strike weapons, okay, Sammy Walker's injured, but let's be fair, they made the decision to drop him prior to him sustaining yeah. that knee yep. injury to try and fix their attacking issues. Well, it hasn't worked, and I think they're in for a world of pain. Yeah, look, I, I think for me, um, I, I still keep waiting for the Roosters to come good. Because they, they, they have got so much talent. They have got such good infrastructure. They have got a great coaching roster as well. So I, I keep waiting for you know, for, for, for them to, to spark in to, to life. I think if it wasn't for the couple of melees um, and uh, Liam Martin and Leota going off, I think um, we, we may have seen a, a bigger scoreline. And, and let's not forget, they played Penrith without their, their key playmaker as well. Yes. So. That, that, it was it was a huge win, and and also they were embarrassed by them last time out. Only what four or five weeks ago, the 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 Penrith Panthers put on, uh, you know, forty plus against against the Roosters at home. Yeah. So they were looking for revenge. But you know, for me, um, what's happening to the the Roosters? It reminds me of um, one of the great Real Madrid teams, the Galacticos, where they bought in um, a, a load of talent. They went on this on this huge recruitment. They they bought in the likes of Luis Figo, David Beckham. Zidane and it worked wonders, but then it then it did have a big crash, but it came good again, and and that's what it seems to be like at the moment. That you know, it's not a talent issue. It, it's just not. It's it, it's not a talent issue. Well, what but is they, it, Gemma? Well, well, they what isn't it worked? Well, it, well, if I, if, if I knew if, if, if I knew the answer, if I knew the answer to that, I, I would go and knock on Nick Pleitas's office and with a blank checkbook and say, <laughs> mate, they're I, not I, trying as hard as the team that played against them last night. I've got this whole theory. Look at look at the amount of jerseys that are in the picture. Yeah. And Penrith wore those pink ones last night. You go back, turn the sound down, don't listen to anything. There is more pink jerseys in most pictures than there are roosters. Well, what 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 does so that? So they go just in case they're needed, mate. Yeah, Penrith went through the teeth of them. They run through the middle of the ruck. That's how they started the game. Liam Martin comes in and runs over, yeah. the, arguably their best player. But so how, how's that right allowed? How's that, how's that allowed to happen, though, Gordy? Like, well, what, well, because the roosters, you, the, you, the roosters used to be renowned for that. Like, is, a is, big, there, is there a front row with with like Jared and the like, and they were fast feet, and they were through the middle, and they were tough, and they were uncompromising, and and they defended really hard, and those are the Boyd corners on the edges. Yeah. They just don't have those guys. Is, is that what it is? You think it's a it's a well, it's a leadership a, a leadership void since Cordner. And friend who was backed up with you know an emerging leader in Tedesco, a Jared Weir Hargraves. Do you think there's that 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 void? Because even if you if you look ahead about who they who they've signed next year, they've they've gone big on Dominic Young, who is you know relatively young, and Spencer Lenu, who again it. It well, Spencer is, will make a difference because he comes off the yeah. bench and you just see the energy. Yeah, and hang on. They had Lindsay Collins. You, you, you talk about they've only got Jared Weir Hargraves. This is a side, a forward pack that's got. Lindsay Collins, yep. Maria Hargraves, yep. Angus Crichton, 
Matt Lodge, Satili Tupanua. Like, these Vic aren't bumps. Vic that didn't the, play last night. Vic, Vic, Vic didn't play last night. But these, these guys They've aren't the scrubs. Brothers. They're not scrubs, though, mate. Like, no, I'm being serious That's here. what I'm saying. I, yeah. Like... We never said they don't have any talent. We no. just said they're getting yeah, beaten like said, on effort. Not, they're getting beaten because they're going talent. through the teeth. The other guys wanted it more. So that is it. And that's the part. And when I talk about what you bring to the game, you bring to the game that. Right? You're born with your talent, but it's how hard you work on your game. And they talk about the Roosters' way and this is that. They don't have it. They need to go there, right? It took Jared, the oldest bull, to stand there and, <laughs> and do what he had to do. But it can't all be on him. You yeah. can't be on that guy every week to be your barometer. Somebody else has to stand up and have a crack. But, but is I, it, I'll is tell it... you what I found interesting after they beat the Bulldogs last week was James Tedesco had been under the cosh, under the blowtorch, a lot of criticism, and yep. he'd had a strong game against Canterbury yep. Bankstown. Now, he was interviewed on the field afterwards, and he was asked about, you know, it, it had been a tough week. New South Wales had been a, a hell of an autopsy after a disappointing State of Origin 1 loss. And he referenced the fact that he actually felt as though he was under a lot of pressure as much about being the leader at the Roosters as what he was from anything that had happened in terms of state of origin. So to me, that says, I think when you watch the Roosters play, Jared doesn't have the C next to his name, but he's the alpha bull, He's a carrier. He's a barometer of the side. And he's he's been such a champion front rower for so long. And you could see even in his actions last night with that flare-up with Spencer Lenyu, all Jared's trying to do there is stamp his authority. And he's come back in that second stint. He's gone after Moses Leota. He's gone after Spencer as well. He's tried to take on their entire front row single-handedly. But But he needs support, right? So that's that's my point. So then if you look at Penrith, right, you got, you know, Leota, they got all these guys, and it's Fisher Harris, and you got Sorensen playing one of his best games. You got Liam, Liam Martin. Martin. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, you got Isaiah Yo. So there's five. It's a pack, but the, and they hunt as a pack. And Jared's like the lone wolf. But then you know, you, you also you look at that, and then you look at the players that Penrith bring in to to do jobs. You know, like yeah. like like Sam and 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 systematically, like they, they were all over the Roosters in attack. Like they they move off the ball, they 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 shut shape down, they cover each other's backsides, they tie in for one another, they chase back together. All those things you're talking about, Gordon. That that's that's not necessarily what what Jared brings. Jared's that enforcer, and yeah, you've got to you've got to get you know pe- people that are willing to go with you. But I, like I've not watch the game through such an analytical lens where I'd see, okay, what systematically is happening with the Roosters with and without the ball, but it does seem like there's something missing missing in terms of, you know, that, that team connection, and I think I heard that word used before with, with Tedesco and, uh, you know, speaking with Brandon Smith, we need to get connected together, and that, that comes down to you know, the, the systems that, that are in play and, and creating, you know, a collective buy-in where, where we care about one another. That's the thing you're talking about where numbers in the pitches, like who who's there? That, that's that's a system, that's a work ethic. That's not yeah. about being an enforcer or, or no. being talent. That's just about caring for the course. And and the Roosters, if you look, there's been a lot of storylines happening around, I'm sorry, away from the football field that they've had to drain, that, that, that drains... You know, you know, it, it drains energy. It drains yeah. mental energy. We looked at Swali, he on off rugby union case. The the Kiri Walker combo was spoken about publicly. The Manu coming into play five H, which, which you know perhaps hasn't worked. The 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 Crichton stuff. The the Smith coming in. That you just touched on 
Angus Crichton there. Now, if you go back to 2016 when Mitchell Pearce got suspended, that was a massive distraction for the Roosters as a club at that time. Yep. And it took them a long time during the season, even after Mitchell came back in and began to play again, for them to really find their rhythm. Now, Angus... Was that from the girl in the yellow dress? Yes, Gordon, that was. <laughs> oh, hang on. No. No, that was from Bella the Poodle. Bella so the Poodle. That was a different yep. um, set gotcha. of circumstances. Yep. Uh, but... If you look at Angus last year and his contribution on the field, in my opinion, he's one of the best edge back mm. rowers in the competition. He's such a physical presence. Yeah. He's a try scorer, defensively rock solid, right? I think the fact that there was a lot of noise around what was happening with Angus over the summer, then ultimately the club has come out. He's obviously been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. It took him a number of weeks to be able to allowed to come back into their system. He's still very much finding his feet. I think that is certainly a, a big factor, along with all those other points that you just listed as well. But I think if you freeze it there, to me, yeah. that sounds like it, it might have been a disrupted summer. It, yeah. it, certainly that would have been something within the playing group that was getting spoken about a lot. Um, and I think that's part of the reasoning. Yeah. I, 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 I look at the Roosters and you, you think that they're week in, week out, they have to be the favourites when every game they go into because of the Roosters' way and, and their roster. But the Jared Aria Hargraves last night... What is night, the Roosters' way? Well, mate, they win. They, they Big forwards through the middle. They play with aggression and yeah. they've got a slick elite backs no, and they've I've been doing it. I've Roosters, ex-Roosters. They don't know what the Roosters' way is, but I just didn't know. They always say it. I, do, I don't know. What, what Jared Aria Hargraves did last night, he had to single-handedly take on with a bloke who's joining the club next year in Spencer Lenu. Trent Robinson had this to say post-match about that blow-up. It was great, wasn't it, for footy? That's why people enjoy watching footy. There was nothing in it, I don't think, from either end. Like, there wasn't much to it. It was sort of heated there. I don't think Jared did anything wrong in any of, you know, guys tried to race out of the line and belt him, and that's really unfortunate for Liam, you know. Like, he just copped a hip, and then uh, and then Jared was getting his bumpers up like every guy does in every tackle that they run into, and... And, and cop Moses there, you know that's the, that's a forwards battle, and then it flared up, you know, good theatre, move on. Yeah, I, I, I've got to got to agree with, with Trent Robinson there. It, it was great theatre, and I, I guess my my question would be, why did they get Simbin? Like, what what was it actually for? They didn't throw a punch. Yeah, it's a very fair question, and I asked a number of people around the game this this morning, and I, the general consensus was because. Given how crazy both of them looked as though they were about to go, like they were right on the edge, the red mist had descended. I was on the edge of the couch then too, waiting for it. They'd they'd nearly jumped (laughs) off the precipice. I think the referee just thought, hang on, if I don't do something here, and in consultation with the bunker, they've made that decision. They've just decided, you know what, we've got it. I'm just telling you, that's what happened. Well, that's ridiculous. You can't because blokes are fired up. You can't bin them just because they're yeah, aggressive. Just they yeah. look mean. Because yeah. they look like yeah. Because yeah. yeah. at the moment, hoops, you wouldn't get a job. You wouldn't get a start. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you just come in off one of those trawlers, <laughs> make the deadliest catch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what he looks like. <laughs> so, mate, like, mate, if it goes on looks uh, right now, I'm not I coming in the work. I don't mind, Gordy. I can't get over that. That would be the reasoning yeah. that sin bin. Like that's just laughable. No, but, but look, look, we all sit here, but then if they go, someone goes, you would jump, oh, well, you know, like you knew it was going to happen. Why would you let it happen? Yes. Sorry. they both, In fairness, Dobbo, like Spencer, they both had yeah. 
fists cocked and ready to roll, right? Yeah. And I think when it got to that stage, the the match officials have gone, okay, yeah. we've got to we've got to do something here because otherwise, they, who knows where it ends they, up? They should have had someone ring the bunker to tell the ref in their earpiece, leave them on. <laughs> them yeah. The viewer, the, the figures are through the roof. Everyone's tuning in. Yeah. Oh. Were, <laughs> well, like, her, what was interesting as well was you had obviously Robbo had his view on it, which a lot of people agree with that it was uh, good theatre. But Ivan Cleary had a very different yeah, take the, on it. You know, he the, said that he thought Jared went, went looking, looking for, for trouble, trouble yeah. and that he found it. I think the the war the war no, no, thrown is. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that that you, you can see why you, you would be aggrieved. I, for, for for me with, with Jared the, the the Liam Martin incident um, that's actually it, it's Liam Martin's fault I, I, and I don't mean because I've done exactly the same when you when you get that aggressive mode and you go in and you and you try and put a shot on someone and you use the wrong shoulder he actually yeah. it's a left shoulder tackle and I think he probably favours his right and he's gone in and, and I've done that and I'm so filthy at myself for, for doing it. I've done it twice and I just can't help myself and you're like, oh, what have I done that for again? And you could see where Liam Martin got up and he's like, he's just in that, like his eyes were glassed and he's just like, uh, you, you don't know where you are. It's a horrible situation to be in. But that was, that was nothing to do with Jared. That was Liam Martin tr- trying to be aggressive but using the wrong shoulder fundamentally. A big lesson out there for any kid that's listening, like, you know, you get caught in the emotion of a game. You've got to use your correct technique. And for the Leota one, I don't know if that's a if that's a different Jared run than what we've seen for over a decade. No, it's not. But we haven't seen the charge sheet yet. Look, I know Tino, and we're going to talk about this later on in the program. That was obviously a big mm-hmm. flashpoint moment from Thursday night footy, where Appy Corrales ended up with a busted jaw, and Tino was on the tightrope, didn't end up getting charged by the match review committee, but. Um, certainly you could see amongst the Penrith players, I think that's what led to that flare-up, was the fact that Jared had had got Leota with a bumper bar, with an elbow, and, and look, you can argue that he was simply protecting himself and running the ball the way that he normally would every other carry, but uh, no doubt that lit a fire amongst some yeah. of the other Penrith forwards, yeah. and that's why Spencer had the, the eyes rolling around like pinballs. Yeah, he was fired up. Yeah, it, it, he, yeah. He, sure, he sure was. And look, I think rugby league's an aggressive sport and we, and, and we like to see that aggression. I just mm. think for the, for the Roosters, they've got three huge weeks coming up. I know that they won't say this. They'll just go a week at a time, one week at a time. But they've got the Knights, the Raiders and Manly before the bye. Wow. They need yeah. three wins there. They need three wins. I don't know that they can get three wins. They lose Teddy to State of Origin, so there's no... And look, Manly won't have Turbo either, but... Um, they're well, Newcastle was the first week hoops because they were very yeah. good last oh, night. Sorry, we're going to talk Newcastle about Newcastle. First, they're, right, they're, they're, they're three yeah. huge games in yeah. the context of the Roosters season. If they, if they win them, they get some players back. They might look for a late charge like they did last year. Remember last year they had a real late charge. They played the game against Penrith Panthers. They lost, but Teddy said, we're not losing again. And we, we, we saw them go on this upward trajectory. I think, you know, the Roosters, if they can get three wins before that bye, they'll go, they'll camp out in that bye, and then they'll kick on. Well, it'll be interesting to see. They do face Newcastle next week, and and that game is is crucial for them. We're going to take a break. Sunday Sinbin right here on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Leicester. Ready or not. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not. 
Welcome back, Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. All thanks to the list of Footy Talk podcast. Gordy Hoops, Jimmy Graham with you, Ben Dobbin, for the next four hours ahead of what will be a really good game of football. Cronulla taking on the Melbourne Storm. Anthony Maroon will be your call up for that one. I don't know where our great Dan Ganane's gone. I mean, what, what's wrong with well, tell you what, he has he got the break on? Well, Jimmy Graham's got his toughest player coming up in the last hour. Maybe Dan Ganane might get that, how much he's been calling. Oh, 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 come on. How much he's been calling, mate. Old golden tonsils out there. Very good, Dan. <laughs> mate, They're it's okay if he good. gets a day He needs off. a break. He needs, all mate, the he needs a break. He's, mate. Celebrating, he's, celebrating, his birthday. Birthday. he's, he's celebrating the King's birthday. Yeah, well, I, th- <laughs> I think he organised the freshen up. So he's going to take a little um, sojourn over to Las Vegas just to yep. yeah, just as a little mid-season freshen up. But no, he did organise it. He yeah. did organise it in the off-season. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, so, that's all right. So, so, it's so all so been could you slated on the calendar. Origin? Could you imagine calling Orange? Because that's what Dan's done. He's He's been calling some big moments lately. I've called big moments as well. I, you know, why, why Why would you point that at me? <laughs> I didn't. I just said, have, like, have you, you ever three called? Are on, you three are on – I'm just talking about somebody else. I'm telling you, you want to be on your best behaviour. Come on, come on. And I'm talking about someone. It doesn't mean that I'm bagging you. We've, but we've, if you feel like I'm bagging you and you've got to pick up your standard, well, well that's your own issue. That's Ga- your own head noise. Gordy, he's got enough on his plate, all right? Leave leave the poor <laughs> fellow alone. I don't leave the, the poor fellow alone. Look, listen. We, we, you know, there's been, there's been an article written today, you oh. know, about Triple M ratings, number one under 70, number one 25 to 54. Ben Dobbin, it's your age demographic. We need to get on this show, so stop pulling your weight, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you appeal to the, the, you're like that late 60s. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know even why I'm going to deal with this today. I'm no, just going to tell you, you all three, yeah? Come on, all three, you want to be very careful. And I'm going to talk about it why? a little like No, I'm just it, hold it. It's no. your age demographic we need in. Right we'll on. be number one across Australia if you're your age, the people that you appeal to start coming Do you coming know who along? the oldest here out of the four of us is? Old Fester next door to me. He, he, no you. way. He's, yeah, not, he just, he's not older mate, than you. It, if we stood up Are in the you lineup and they said, who's the healthiest? And, oh, oh, mate, I'm I didn't say healthiest. Ooh, ooh, I said, ooh. I didn't say young, healthiest. Well, young looking. No, well, Are you joking? Mate, mate, stop looking at yourself in the mirror thinking you look young, mate. What are you talking about? You're, you're not so, young. Se- seriously, are you, are you younger than Gordy? <laughs> I'm not even going to. Yes, by four years, Jammer, and you, you know that. And I you know that. Dobbo, I'm not lying here. I did not he know that. He's Are you like seriously? Eight or something like that. Oh, man, I mean, no, hoops. Can you deal with this idiot? Well, I mean, seriously, Dobbo, I can't. Copy I've got him. a bit of a solution. Maybe you know when you do those, um, you know those dog award contests. Hand out a few flyers for for Triple M to to some of the people that turn <laughs> to turn up to that. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll get off. Dog show. Dog show. I mean, seriously, <laughs> just just you know, hand out some flyers. <laughs> this is what you need to tune your radio into. <laughs> Yeah, we, we need oh, all the support mate. we can one of the get great the days. over 70s. Uh, you know Come what? On, I won't be sharing my life with you anymore because, you know, the humiliation of that, it was one of the no, great no, days. No, no, you gave up. You gave up a Sunday to go to a dog show. No, I think we were all somewhere. No, no, we were all no, that an was Magic thing. Round, idiot. It, is that what you was Magic Round. round. Is that what you gave round. up a Sunday at Magic no, Round. I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, uh, Hoops had gone out with his mates for lunch. I wasn't invited. Yes, you were. No, I was not. No, I was never invited. Paul, he had, you were there after because you I know that BS you ordered so much. You, so, like, you were there just for pre-drinks and post I was not invited. I'd gone you and had a beer invited. with him the night before. No, no, I wasn't. You said, I'm having mates with my mates, and no, you two had organised something. Oh, mate, so, you're not one of his mates. Stop putting mayonnaise. 
Why right do you always anyway, have to, this is can my, we just talk about the origin, please, and move on from Mamaya not not being invited and having what, to go and get an extra urn? Is you that know, what you like, told you? And I'm going to the Ipswich Dog Show to get the over 70s on board. Is that our demographic that we need well, a bit of help with? When did he become a comedian, this bloke today? He's had a crack at me about my bag of fruit that I bought in here before. For everybody knowing, I'm eating and listen, fruit. It's actually a bag of fruit. It's not a suit. No, it's right? fruit. I've got a bag of fruit here. It's and about a been, kilo of grapes. Yeah. Well, I don't know why he thought it was chocolate or chips because I've never eaten that in front of him before. No, and then you, he, you ain't that out there true. and you come I, in here with the fruit. I didn't eat any chips in here. Anyway, let's get on to origin, can we? Game two. Uh, hoops. The, all the mail is with Cleary gone that, you know, and it was reported yesterday that Mitchell Moses potentially has his nose in front. I find that hard to believe considering Nico Hines was the 14. Where are we at this morning? And obviously with... Hines playing today, Moses playing tomorrow um, against the Bulldogs for Parramatta. In a lot of ways, that must be seen as an audition. Oh, no, look, I think there's been very strong mail over the course of the last week now, Dobbo, that Mitchell Moses is the player who they have got penciled in for the New South Wales number seven jumper. So uh, that's the way that they went last time when Nathan Cleary sustained an injury. Uh, I don't think, as long as he doesn't get injured playing for Parramatta against the Bulldogs on Monday, then I dare say that's the way that at this point in time, all the talk is they're going to lean. What, what, why have they gone away from Hines? Hoops, because for, for me, Hines was best player in the competition last year. He started the season so well um, this year for the Sharks as well. When, he, when he's been fit, we see a noticeable difference when, he's there, when he plays versus when he doesn't play for the Sharks. He was next cab off the rank. I thought he was unlucky not to play in game one himself. What, why the, the, the shift? And also the amount of pressure going into this game. Mm. It seems made for a man like like Hines. And this is nothing against Mitchell Moses, but Hines has, has handled the high-pressure situation so far. And you, know, you listen to him speak, and he just wants this challenge. Where And this isn't to say Moses doesn't, but Moses has been there before. I, I just think, for, for me personally, Hines is the the more obvious choice. When you strip it all back, Jimmy, there's that many champion players, ex-coaches that have all got very strong views on who should be wearing the number seven jumper because Nathan Cleary's not available. But ultimately, it's going to be down to who Brad Fittler mm. and Greg Alexander believe can best do the job to try and level the series at Suncorp. So at this point in time, the word that is kicking around is that they have settled on Mitchell is the most like-for-like replacement. Uh, I watched the football last night and saw what Adam Reynolds did, and yeah. I know he missed a tackle when Carlin Ponga went through and scored that great try and beat Bruce Walsh as well. But when I watched Adam Reynolds pull the Brisbane Broncos back into that contest off the yeah. back foot when they've been trailing the yeah. entire game, and I know he's not as quick as he once was, but there are... They have got a number of options but yeah, at the, this the, point the, in there's, time. There's three that stand out, isn't there? There's, there's Hines, Reynolds, uh, and Moses. So you're so you're saying that they they think it's we need someone to replicate uh, Nathan Cleary. Or, or, now, all, or I'm, all I'm saying, Jimmy, is what has been kicking around the yeah. game for the last week, which is at this point in time, and this was leading into this round of football, that... They were leaning towards Mitchell. They had Mitchell penciled in. So it's not in pen. Yeah. A lot can happen because it was still another game this afternoon and another game tomorrow afternoon. But for whatever reason, they believe Mitchell has the all-round game. He's obviously got a great long kicking game. Outstanding. Outstanding all-round 
kicking game. They think he held his gloves up in the one game that he did have in the State of Origin Arena a couple of years ago. He sustained a broken back in yeah, that game, right, he but did, didn't he? soldiered yeah. on and, and got through the game. The Blues didn't win that game, which to me is critical. Uh, but for whatever reason, that's the, the way that it is. That's the way the landscape's sitting at the moment. Is hey, Hoops, what's happening in the forward pack? So there was talk of Spencer Lenu. Yeah, I think was he's there? a big chance. Actually, and speaking of him, Gordy, I just got a text message. So out of that game last night yep. uh, where we obviously saw that flare-up, so there's two contrary conduct charges each for JWH and for Spencer Lenu. Jared is looking at $6,000 in total in fines, <laughs> and Spencer is looking at 3600 So, Dobbo, that, you, your phone might start ringing shortly because they might need you to put your hand in your pocket and, oh, and pass that around. I, I, around can, the can, just ask, can, can you just imagine, one serious can you question? Can, can you imagine Where does Spencer that money Lenu, go to? Spencer Lenu and Jared Rhea Hargreaves doing the Ipswich dog show together <laughs> <laughs> for a little cashy because they've got all these fines. <laughs> hey, Dobbo, don't let anybody. What are you on those? Yeah. The big fellow, a bit insecure when it comes to his work, right? Just on a serious side, where does that where does that money go? Does that sit in some coffers to help junior clubs that are struggling? Like, does that go back into grassroots or does it just go back into the NRL? I think it goes back into the NRL, Gordon. I can't answer. I'd need to ask the NRL specifically on exactly where it goes. But certainly, Sorry, you're yeah, not supposed it, to ask a question. It, if goes to, it goes to headquarters. It goes to yeah. NRL headquarters. But to answer your original question about Spencer and the fact that is he on the Blues radar, absolutely, I think that he is. So they obviously went with Tavita Pangai uh, in Origin 1. Mixed reviews on from, from a lot of ex-players, ex-coaches about how they think Tavita went. I actually thought Tavita went okay in his yeah. in his first yeah. stint. Okay, when he came back, he, he made an error with the offload. But um, uh, Spencer was in the frame prior yeah. to that anyway. Then he suffered that nasty injury where he ended up with a ruptured duster at training. Had to have a little operation on that. But he obviously that's why he was so angry last night. Could be. He had a little bit of yeah, some, uh, uh, of one of could, the jats shaved. Could they carry both part Lenu, of the procedure? Could they carry Lenu and Pangai Junior? Do you think? Uh, well, they can do whatever they like, Jimmy. They mm. can, you know, yeah. as long as they can fit seventeen blokes into the into uh, the side. Can, no, but can I just ask on that fine? I'm just going back on that. Wouldn't it be better? You know how they have a bit of community service and have those guys do say ten hours of community service as well. That's a good like idea. Going at the junior it. clubs, going and then go with the NRL, and you go to junior clubs and do clinics and all that kind of stuff in the off Give season. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like good... that idea. I like the idea of it going to something like the Mental League. The the money yeah. goes to the Mental League, and that the players go out and and yeah. put some time in with junior well, football. Well, yeah, I mean, like and, to and just go around clubs. and like mate, whatever the junior clubs are, like around Penrith and around the Roosters. Jared has to go and do an hour, like on a Tuesday night, and he's got six weeks to get the six hours up as well, like or whatever, and go back and give to the game, like whether it's a. Coogee Wombats or whoever plays in that area or the Paddo Colts or whatever, go back there and do a couple of coaching clinics. Don't worry hey. about Judge Judy, Dobbo. What about Judge Gordy? Yeah, he's, he's on the one. fire. He, he, he can fire. He, mate, I'm all for it. Hey, quickly, is Luai a lock? Is he a dead set a lock at six? Yeah, the talk has been that, yes, they are probably going to stick with him. Yes. Yeah, so Hines will be the 14, no doubt. You know, if, if he's not the seven, he, he's the 14 again. Yeah, that's the way that it's shaping up. Yeah, right. Just interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, just an interesting thing. Uh, look, we'll get to Queensland shortly as well. Um, obviously, there, there is some positions up. I mean, Christian Walsh 
is playing for a spot today. Oh, um, you think he slots straight in? You would think. Well, my my fourth to eight yep. form has been very good. Corey yep. Horsburgh is very good. So that's a three-way battle for that spot, yep. they believe. Um, and m- my understanding is that Nanai looks like he's won the race for that edge position. So no Kafusi. No Kafusi, no Capewell. But no Kafusi. No Kafusi. He's eligible. Kafusi is eligible back. He is eligible to come back in after the four-week game suspension. That so. would surprise me, Dobbo, if they didn't go with Felice. I know he's been suspended. Nana's only played one game since yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. And look, yeah. in fairness, he was very good against Melbourne Storm, and he looked like Mate, the four weeks off. Yeah, but he looked they like in that four 50. weeks Everybody off, he had a mini preseason. And, yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you, Gordy. Yeah, I would be surprised given everything yeah. Felice Kafusi's achieved in the Queensland jumper if if he's not in the well, seven eight. Especially if if New South Wales have got not a rookie half, but a, but a new half. You're gonna tra- you gonna you you've got enough on your plate already as it is. And then you see that name on a team sheet, Felice Kafusi. Like, that, that, that's extra high alert. Where is this guy at all times? So I think, you know, Nanai scores a lot of tries and obviously very solid with defence. But I just think what Kafusi does um, on the other side of the game defensively, th- that's exactly. He's purpose you know, that, built for state of origin but, 40. Yeah, and, he, and he's played so well there before. Yeah. You know, look what yeah. he's done for the, that enforcer style role, just creaming halves. Yeah. Creaming, yeah. coming out the line and just, oh, like Brandon Smith's ribs are, are still in next year. So yes. yeah, he's he been still unbelievable. hasn't recovered the big fella. Anyway, all we will know a little bit more. cheese turned into a bit of yoga, a bit of cottage cheese. <laughs> we'll know a bit more. This is Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Not far away. We've got I Call BS. But coming up after the break, Zach Lomax joins us. This is the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Lister. Ready or not? Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not? Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Ben Dobbin, Gordon Tallis, James Hooper, James Graham for the next four hours ahead of the Melbourne Storm taking on Cronulla. That game will be called by Anthony Maroon. Sunday Sinbin, all thanks to Listener Footy Talk podcast. The Dragons, it was a bloody great scenes out there yesterday uh, with a almost full house, and they performed beautifully, 36 points to 30 over South Sydney. One of their stars is Zach Lomax. He joins us on the Simbin. G'day, Zach. Hey, lads. How are you? All right. Congratulations on the win, mate. But we were talking about at the start of the show, what about that crowd? The Red V was out in force yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, it was almost a packed house. Running out there, but yeah, there's no better feeling than running out there at Cogger with a packed out house. And same goes at Wynn Stadium. Mate, talking about the feeling, g'day Zach, it's Gordy Tullis here. Talking about the feeling, mate, how was the feeling being around the club? Obviously, you know, you guys have been under the pump all year with obviously coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. How is the vibe? Hey Gordy, yeah, yeah, mate, it's, um, it's actually, it's, Surprisingly, obviously, there's been a fair bit of speculation over the club, and and um, that's because there's a there's a rich history at the club. But I guess that's rugby league, mate, and it, there's always there's always something going on. But I mean, us as players, we're trying not to buy into it. I'm sure whoever takes that that coaching role over, and obviously that's the main speculation at the moment around the club. So I mean, whoever it is, us as players and, and the club are going to get behind it, and um, and then just worry about competing every training session, every game, mate. Hey Zach, it's Jamaria. Congratulations on uh, on the victory last night, mate. I was uh, I was really happy for you all in the Red V. Um, obviously, Flano has had a little bit to do with the club before. 
Um, w- would you personally like to see him back in charge in a in a full time capacity? Yeah, um, Flano's obviously he's obviously a, a dude that that is very passionate, and um, I get along well with Flano too. So I'd imagine whoever's going to take over the job is um is going to be it's going to be the right decision. So I mean, there's obviously a few candidates that have been tossed up. Obviously, Kari's doing a really good job for us at the moment. And he's a young face and. And um, he's absolutely full of enthusiasm. So I'm sure whoever whoever takes the role is it's going to be they're going to be the right man for the job. And us as players and and the club will just be um, welcoming with both arms and and ready to get on and, and mate, try and win as many games as possible. Zach, you're one of the the, the stars of the team there. You signed up long term. Um, has anybody spoken to you about your thoughts? Nah, nah, not not really. So I mean that that's it's well above my pay grade and. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that, Zach. One point one a year yeah. in the census, yeah, and you, can, you get yeah. plenty of say. Well, the, the I guess the thing is, you're the highest paid front row to play the game, so more pommy, that's for sure. Um, no, nah, mate, it's, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I mean, it's probably probably up to Benny. He's the one that's on the on the most amount of cash, probably in the league. So I mean, and he calls the shots, mate. So we just. We just do as we're told, I guess, the other boys. And um, I'm sure, yeah, as I was saying, mate, whoever, whoever takes over, it's going to be the right man for the job. And, um, mate, I guess it, there's been a fair bit of speculation, but I'm sure it'll be – well, there's talk that it'll probably be done this week or next week, mate. So I don't think it's too far away. Zach, congrats on the win. They were epic scenes at Cogra yesterday, and it has been a roller coaster ride for the club uh, for much of the season. What I want to check, has anybody from the club spoken to any of the players about – the process of what is actually going on? Because it seems from an outside point of view, there's been a lot of confusion, and you touched on before that there's been a lot of speculation about who might or might not be coming in. No, well, mate, there hasn't really been too much talk. I mean, Kari's obviously taken over. He's a he's um, he's a new bloke to, obviously, obviously the coaching gig, and um, he's obviously... He's obviously a younger younger coach in comparison to the rest of the coaches in the NRL. But mate, we haven't we haven't bought into it. Obviously, mate, there's there's a fair fair bit of speculation. Um, and but mate, we haven't bought into it as, as players. Like I mean, we're just worried about training the best we can, and uh, we're we're currently sitting on the bottom of the ladder at the moment, mate. So we're just worried about every training session being the best men and, and best players we can, and, and just trying to string together some wins. So the more we buy into that, the, I guess the more more effect it probably has on you as a team and mate, we're really trying our best to not not let it get to us and uh, just trying to be as professional as we can Zach, both you, on the field and off the field Zach do, do, do you think um, it, it needs to be dealt with with quick, quickly or an announcement made quickly obviously we, we thought Jason Riles was was done and dusted but do you think with with an announcement that then that would just then quieten down the noise in the dressing room alleviate some of the the, the stress and the pressures um that no doubt happen in the changing room when you when you don't know who's going to be in charge for for the next couple of seasons. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be speculation there, and and you know, Gemma being 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 a part of it, and um, yeah, us as us as a playing group, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably the best thing best thing for the club is to is to make a decision. But I'm sure I'm I'm yeah really positive that that we're not far off a decision. So. I reckon it, as I was saying before, I reckon it'll be done this week or next week, but um, I'm no CEO, so I don't know where, where it's at, but um, hopefully we're not too far away. Hey, um, as well, just on, just on yesterday's game, um, the the greatest comeback that, that never was, uh, just 
just how nervous were you on that last set of six when when Salsa throwing the ball about? I mean, I think like everybody, we thought it was done, but with what three minutes to go, Salsa nearly turned it on, didn't he? How how relieving was that moment when uh, when you got the ball back? Yeah, absolutely. I thought when we when they scored that second late last try, I thought. I couldn't believe it. I was almost a little bit speechless when we got back. I was like, Jesus, how did we put ourselves in this position? And um, thankfully, mate, we ended up um, shutting, the, shutting the play down and forcing a, a drop ball. So, mate, it was um, it was definitely a win that we needed to, a lot of relief um, off the shoulders. But, I, mate, to, to tell you the truth, I don't, we haven't been far away in the last few games. Like, I mean, our effort's been there and it's just it's just slipped through the last, the last few games. But we're, we're definitely building, absolutely. And I feel like our effort, Lately, in the last in the last month of footy, has been really good. Zach, you touched on your caretaker coach Ryan Carr a moment ago. What's he been like since he came into the role? What have been his key messages to the playing group? Because he had that great win against the Chooks um, the week that he he took over, and there'd been so much controversy and so much speculation around the club for a number of weeks, and then another gutsy win again yesterday at Cogra. Yeah, I think I think with Kari, he's he's obviously a great fella as well, and um, he he's going to make a, an absolute hell of a, a head coach one day. I've got no doubt about that. But he just absolutely instills in enthusiasm and just competing on every play, and never about any and no one walking. And he just absolutely eats, sleeps, and breathes rugby league. It's um, he's a he's a great family man, and uh, but to um. To his um, detriment, sometimes he probably doesn't get enough sleep. He walk, he walks in. He's he's had about fourteen shots of coffee. As um as a wise man once showed me, like James Graham, he has about fifteen every morning. But um, <laughs> yeah, Curry absolutely loves his coffee, but loves his footy even more. Yeah, mate, go and enjoy the bye. Appreciate your time, Zach. Um, and look, we, we will obviously, we know who will be coaching them in 2024, uh, you would think, this week. Zach Lomax, appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much. Thanks, lads. Have a good day. Cheers, Zach. Good on you. We've got to take a break. Come back. Uh, mm. I call BS not far away. This is the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Ready Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Leicester. Ready or not? Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not? Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to the Listener Footy Talk podcast, Footy Talk, your daily source of all things NRL, bringing you the latest news, interviews, expert analysis, and banner from around the world of rugby league. Hoops, Jimmy Graham, Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobbin with you. And uh, it is now time for this. From the makers of The Earth is Flat and I'm Only Having One Beer comes I Call BS. Yeah, look, all thanks to our great friends from Ariat. Uh, like their boots, Ariat Rebar Work Jeans won't let you down on the tough jobs. Check out their range of Rebar Work Jeans at ariat.com.au. I'm going to start today um, with I Call BS and this happened on Thursday night. Have a listen to this commentator absolutely lose his mind 
over something that could have been catastrophic for a player if he had got injured because his laces were undone. Hey, hey, just before we go go to this. Go on, play the audio. No, no, wait, 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 wait. And you know why? You had Simkin, who's done a great job. It's last play. He's tying his boot laces. (laughs) He's tying his boot laces. Who is this guy? athlete in the NRL. You're tying your boot laces. You know what have you got that to me? Mate, you know the one thing my dad said to me when I was playing rugby? He said, I'll never coach you, son. I'll never tell you what to do. But don't let me ever see you on that field tying your laces up. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) What is wrong with the commentator going off? It could have been catastrophic. And James Graham has lost his marbles over it. Could have been catastrophic. But it cost the Tigers an opportunity. I thought Jake Sinkin did really well. But you tying your bootlaces on the rugby league field is bad at the best of times. But when you're in an attacking position and you're the dummy half, you don't you don't leave that to chance. Oh, but tie your laces over and hurts himself. Well, good because you should tie them, tie them, and then put the electrical tape around them so they don't you don't in that situation. Gordy, you know what you're like. Well, oh, what, what, why do they have peanut butter carton or tubs that say contains peanut butter? And you go, well, what happens if someone didn't know? Well, unlucky. You should know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on this because my I call BS is Jake Simkin tying his bootlaces on the rugby league field. Like, like I say, bad at the best of times. But they were attacking the goal line of the Titans, and he's there tying his shoes. I'm sorry, you don't do it and that, this is the god's honest truth my, my dad god love him the only i can still remember him saying to me son i'm not going to tell you what to do on the on the field i'm never going to coach you you just go out there you, you have fun you rip in do your thing your coaches are there to coach never heard him barracking on the sidelines was very supportive but he just said to me don't let me ever see you tying your laces on the field and it stuck with me and it's actually very true, Gemma. And, like we were you, did you, you up, use mate. the electrical you, tape? Did oh, you ever? Did, did I use the yeah, electrical yeah. tape? So what's, what, well, is that out of fashion now? Or what's yeah. happened? Well, I thought everybody true. in the old days you always had everybody the electrical tape, it. and around it went, and then your laces. The, I think the spot. I think I don't think the sponsors enjoy it hoops because oh. it, it gets over their it covers uh, up the brand. The, 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 the oh. brand, but this is where boots are like socks these days too. So they actually come right up and they cover your ankles, so they don't come off as much. Can I can I say, Jammer, that was very good. I'd like to call BS, and I mean this genuinely, on the State of Origin series. Now, game two no, – what do you mean? Game two, I have bought for my son tickets to go to the State of Origin, and they are in excess of $380 a seat. Yep, it's his 18th good. birthday. Yep. And I expect – when I go there, as we say, to watch the best of the best. That's what it is. It's the pinnacle of yep. rugby league. The pinnacle. Yep. Well, because of the way the scheduling is, I'm not seeing the best. Why? Because you've got Cleary out hamstring. You've got Liam Martin in doubt. Yep. You've lost Jai Arrow. You've lost... Yep. Cool. You, all these it's players. So yeah, when you go no, no, hang on, hang on. Let me talk here. Amount of money, and they don't play your favourite song because they're that big. They just play whatever song. No, no, no. I no. want to see it three weeks in a row. I mean that genuinely. Middle of the year, Wednesday, you Wednesday, Wednesday. We saw it you in COVID, and it worked. Oh, it worked. Jobo, it doesn't work because do you know what? 
you just you just bitched just then because you didn't because you're not going to see the stars if they played seven days. Well, they, by no no by the last game because of the how hard those games are, you're going to have none. Well, don't play them in the 10. NRL because the fatigue. You know the injuries that are occurring in club football is is bringing down the state of origin. Well, Trell hurt himself in camp, Dobbo. In Origin I mean, camp, leading so into Origin look, one, there is opportunities to no, have not. it three weeks in a row. No, there's not. Why? No, there's not. Because we've got an international game. And you, you solve one problem and create a, a multitude of more problems. I'm saying in the middle of the year, Gemma, I'm saying play Stop it now. The so then you give every weeks. other player three yeah. weeks off. No, you give. I'll tell you how it works. All the clubs get up two buys in that time and one week is played as a normal round where we see the young blokes come through they're in the top 30 and that's it. And that means it's fair and equitable for everybody. I mean, South Sydney yesterday lost a game. They have a lot out. I understand that. Cam Murray's out. Joy Arrow's out. Latrell's out. The Cody reason Walker. why there's a bit of a break to give those guys that might get a niggle a chance to be right for the showpiece. So you're actually going against your no, argument. Not. No, you're I'm creating not. a lot and of bubbles yeah. in no, the I'm car. Not. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You blokes, you actually targeted at yourself. No, you're not. You so, three gang up and there's no basis ben. behind what you do. The Everybody three, talks about origin. It's been tried. And at the end of the year, it was uh, poor. Because then you get people that haven't played yeah. for four to six weeks. And if it's I'm not talking game, about playing at the seven end of the day, year, Gordon. Seven days, seven days. I'm not playing the about the end of the year. state of origin would be dead. Down. No, I don't. I just well, want to get – well, you've got all these buys. Give them a buy at the start one ben. week. You're wrong. Yes, James. Well, 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 when are you gonna, the season would then finish in mid to late October. No, the season finishes at the exact same time, Okay, Gemma. well, you've got to start it earlier then. No, you don't. Well, okay, we're starting well, it all. Well, we're got, going to Vegas, no, no, no. and you guys no, no, want to no, be no, careful. No, no, listen. No, no, well, okay. you won't, you won't <laughs> come, <laughs> brother. Hey, 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 listen, I just want to put you three on notice no. right now that I am keeping an eye on all three of you on whether or not you go to Vegas, and I'll be making that decision. I have been having very high-level conversations with people. No, you haven't, mate. Okay, no, you Keegan, have. I just want you all three to listen to this. Keegan, play the tape, please. Hey, Dob, what's up, mate? Not much, mate. Not much. Um, this is our boss. appreciate you ringing through. I'm a bit concerned. Who's this? About these three that I work with on a Sunday, um, I'm not quite sure whether or not they are up to going to Las Vegas at the start of next year. So, so Vegas is on. Obviously, we want to do the Sunday show from there. We travel as a team normally, but you're thinking, what, 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 what who do you reckon? Oh, well, you not- all, all three are on notice. I'm, I'm not too concerned about Gordon because we know that he's a seasoned traveller, but the other two... Well, as, as long as he's not in his budgies, he's fine, yeah. yeah. As you've t- talked to me in the past, you are concerned about the other two at time to time. So, well, well, I mean, as you know with Jammer, mate, he's either zero or a million. You know, there's no in between. And in that environment in Vegas, it really worries me that when we get there with a couple of days, um, you know, preparation time, he'll uh, over-prepare. Yeah, you know? I know. And then, and, then, and then, I mean, Hoop, seriously, mate, like, Journos, you know, yeah. can't, trust, can't trust them anywhere, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, well. Would you like it if every week I just give a little detailed report on how they're going? Yeah, well, I mean, look, because obviously I've got Chuck, but, yeah, I, I trust you, Dollar. so you just you give me a buzz and let me know what you uh, where you think things are tracking, mate, because obviously I want to get them all there, but, you know, as a manager, I've got to worry about the HR risks yeah, and sure. insurance issues. Sure. 
I'll or other yeah. factors as well. So if we need to give one or two of them the flick, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, happy to do yeah. that. I'll keep we, you updated. We might have to do it, yeah. yeah. We you can, just let me know, all right? Not a problem. Thanks, Gilesy. Cheers, mate. That's you and Giles, the no, boss no. of Triple M Football. Let, You're hey, all on notice. No, just to let, <laughs> hey, just to let him know, he's on notice now. Gilesy. He has run through to me. You've got to get in the right corner, Gilesy. You've got to get in the right corner. You know, all of his other shows, this is the first show he's ever been on that's been number one, Gilesy. Okay? Go on, Jammer. So you can Right, you know what's going to happen. You just slide back down the ladder. Dobbo, you know what? I, I've been into bat for you before. I've had countless number of people come into right, me. Watch we? out for Dobbo. He gossips behind your back. <laughs> you know, he'll throw you under a bus. And I was like, nah, Dobbo wouldn't do that. He's a no. stand-up bloke. He's a, he's a great fella. But that is Mate. the evidence. And now Mate. I'm with everybody else that's, that, 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 is, that uh, assassinates your character. I'm with them. I went into bat for you many, many times. And to your actual point that you are trying to make before... Mate, you, you, no, we can't pause the season for three weeks. For a multitude of reasons, we can't. Mm. And you just create one problem and then solve another. And what someone I don't like, you've had a pre-planned joke. You've had a no, pre-pl- there's no plea brand. I copped the you, phone call and I happened to record you, it. And uh, you, you hear that? I trust you, Dobbo. I trust you. You and your so I trust you. you. And I'll be detailing. someone You're all on notice. Consent. Hoops. So you recorded yeah, someone without it, their consent. Criminal, a criminal offence. He was a criminal offence. Dobbo, you are a shocking white ant and a blow-in, right? We've always suspected it. That phone call and that G-up just confirms it. You've just right. outlaid for the general public your true colours. No, right? I have not. You're a white I, ant. I have been asked hey. by the boss of Triple M NRL <laughs> to keep an eye on the three of you, and I'll be doing that. This yeah. is Sunday, Sinbin on Triple M. We'll take a break. Be back with more. Triple M footy. Lives on Listener. Replays, interviews, and the only place to catch every Triple M footy call. Oh, wow. Sunday. So often the day after the night before. A day to lay low, relax, keep out of harm's way. But not here. Oh. Rugby League's biggest names get busy right now. Something big is about to go down. This is Triple M's Sunday Sidbin. Welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. Second hour ahead of the Sharkies taking on the Melbourne Storm this afternoon. Anthony Maroon will be your caller. Gordon Tallis, James Graham, James Hooper, Ben Dobbin with you for the next couple of hours. Last night, Dragons defeated the Rabbitohs 36 points to 30. Penrith too good for the Roosters, 30 points to 6. And Brisbane in a really tight match, uh, 24 points to 20. And it was... A really good game of football. I'll start with you, Gordy. I mean, Brisbane looked absolutely shot last night and it was the brilliance of Ezra Mann and Adam Reynolds uh, to put on a try that will go down uh, this year as one of the highlight reels and they get away with it. They won gritty um, and the Knights played very well as well. They, 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 They were unlucky, the Knights, not to win that game. It was a quality game of football. Sitting on the couch with the family, you saw... Um, Adam O'Brien do his press conference said that that was the best preparation that he's had so far as a coach. So the Knights were right up for it. They started the battle of the fullbacks. That's what it was built up on Fox, and it was a great battle. You know, the cowling up against Reese Walsh. You know, uh, they're going to be fighting over jerseys for a long, long time to come. You'd imagine, but um, it was a cracking game of footy. All the, uh, went all the way down to the wire. I know Adam Reynolds and Ezra Mam are going to get. 
um, get all the raps, and they thoroughly deserve it. But as when Payne Hass and Patrick Carrigan come back on the field together, they started to get their momentum back through the middle. And uh, little Kobe Hetherington, that was a great little break, great yeah. inside ball. But it was a it was a cracking game of footy. You know, you sometimes you're going to sit and watch, and you go, "Well," but the Knights probably didn't deserve to lose that game. But that's what the great sides do. The good sides cannot be at their best and still get the job done. So for the Broncos in the last, you know, 10 minutes to be under the pump and still be able to get the job done, uh, that would be pleasing signs for, like, Kevy Walters and his staff. Oops. Caelan Ponga, Reese Walsh. It was oh, it was billed a... last night as the battle of the fullbacks. And I, I'm going to be honest. Caelan Ponga got he, – he, 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 he was the best on the field, without a doubt. The try that he scored from 60 metres out, it was, you know – Caelan Pongaree's best. I, I do question why the experiment at six ever took place. I, I mean, he is an out-and-out superstar as a fullback, and he gets involved. And last night he showed why he's arguably one of the best fullbacks in this country. Yeah, they were both box office, I thought. Dobbo, Caelan did get the points, and that was a highlight real moment. And look, given the roller coaster that he's been on for much of this season, you know, he's had to go over to Canada, uh, have all sorts of neurological tests done as a result of concussions. But finally, he's starting to get some footy under his belt. And to your point, it's been the switch back to wearing the number one jumper for the Newcastle that has helped unlock Caelan's best football this year. Yeah. Why did he go there in the first place? Look, it was a big focal point at the back end of last year. And I think Caelan agreed that he wanted to have a crack at it. And you look at players like Darren Lockyer, they were able to successfully make transitions like that. Um, and so I think Newcastle just felt as though with the roster that they had, that was going to give them the best balance. But clearly now, the way that they're playing, and since Kalen has returned to the fullback role, they're going to have to have a rethink about things. Uh, I think Gordy's hit the the nail on the, on the head there, just to, to skip over the, the battle of the fullbacks, that um, Br- Brisbane are, are picking up results despite not being at their best. And like you said, Adam O'Brien said, that's the best prep we've had. Like yeah. so, you've got to like when you're one of those top teams, and 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 you know less fancied teams come into town and really get prepared for you, and and you as a team, and you still manage to find a way to get the victory. That that's a that's a real um, sign of where Brisbane are at this season compared to last. If this is last season, I think they end up losing that game, but they found a way. And obviously, people were talking about their the Ezra Mam pass. I I, I agree with Gordy. Kobe having. Kobe Hebrington's ability to get that ball to the support player was absolutely phenomenal. That that was a better pass, in my opinion. Not only that, yeah. Jimmy, but he had a, a tough carry in the same set earlier in the in the, in the same set. So he's he's gone bang, had a hard run, quick play the ball, and then and then he's had the foresight and the vision to be able to go. Okay, I'm going to back up here. I'm going to get there just in case I need to be there. Then he ends up getting the ball, makes a break, and delivers that pass. Look, he doesn't get a lot of raps, Kobe, Kobe Hetherington, but I think he's one of those unsung and unfashionable style of players. He's obviously got a rich history with the game. His old man. Jason Hetherington, Dalton, uh, Gordy would know him very well from Queensland Origin Legend. camps over the years. He's one of the great characters of the game, um, and I was very happy for for Kobe to get that moment last yeah. night. I, I th- and I think that's a that's a huge um, reason to why Brisbane are going so well. Yeah, they've got their superstars, they've got their their, their Walshers, they've got their Reynolds, they've got their Payne Hasses, Patrick Carrigan of, of the like. But it's a contribution from. 
the 1-17 to 17 that's really making a difference. They're not so reliant on those players. You look at the impact of, well, you say Flegler, he's playing State of Origin. You know, Herbie Farmworth and England International, Stags who's played Origin. You know, you know 1-17, to 17, they're all putting their hand up. They're all chipping in. They're all contributing to the, to the team's success. And that's why they're, you know, they're, well... The the top of the table in terms of the win the win loss um, ratio. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of talk about the battle of the fullbacks. Reese Walsh, 215 meters, 38 post contact meters, 13 tackle breaks, two try assists, two line breaks, three three line breaks. Assists. Unbelievable. Dave. And they said that Kale and Ponga got the points. The I points. tell you what, that's it was just a great battle because normally you know they you know they build up you know that such and such you know like. And not too often that they come together. Like, not too often, like, James Graham hits Sam Burgess. They just, <laughs> they just had magnets on each other, those two. But not often when there's a build-up, you know, Munster up against Nico Hines, that they come up and there's a one-on-one contest. But last night you saw Reese Walsh, like, he lined him, him up in from the 20 line, metres. And he just flew at him. And then uh, I think uh, Adam Elliott had a fair bit to do with the big shot on the inside. But I, I love that. That there is... Why I love rugby league so much. They're talking about a guy. He gave the other guy a chance. So well, he put himself on the spot, didn't well, he? Well, the big news is they weren't going to – Billy wasn't going to make a change for game two. I mean, Reese Walsh is the fullback. But earlier this week, Caelan Ponga ruled himself out of origin for the remainder of the series, which was a pretty gutsy move. This is what he said post-match about well, his reason for doing it. You know, I've had a rough, uh, yeah, rough season, you know, beginning of the season. Um, and Billy actually brought light to this, you know. I've had a tough couple of months. You know, footy for me at the moment is just being out there and playing. And I owe it to the Knights to do that. I owe it to them. And I want to as well. You know, I'm enjoying my footy now. You know, you know after having that head knock and, you know, all the commotion that come with it, I wanted to put that in the past. I want to put that in the past. Just get out there, play footy and enjoy it. And, you know, obviously they've got a, a great fullback you know, out the back there for, for Queensland now. So I'm happy just, you know, playing for you for the night and doing my best there and putting my best foot forward there. And we knew when he made that decision, Billy, that that was the right one for Carlin. I think it was a relief, you know, the play origin and where he's been this year. And there's no doubt there would have been a bit of second guessing. I don't care how much courage you have playing our game, how much confidence you got, you know, to... To have his season, you know, and to have what he's been through the last, say, 18 months and to get thrusted into an Origin Series, I just think that you see now that I think there's a bit of release. He can come back, he can play, he can, you know, cement down that fullback role and, you know, turn back into the Kalen Ponga that, you know, we all know that he can be. Yeah, it's a great point, Gordy, because we all saw the narrative that unfolded in relation to Reese Walsh in the lead up to State of Origin one, which was New South Wales were going to target Reese Walsh, we're going to bash him, he's going to have a bullseye on him, all that sort of thing. So there's no question if Kalen had been picked oh. in the Maroons team, he would have been under enormous duress and enormous pressure at various stages of the game. So I actually think yeah, it was an example of very good coaching by Billy Slater to make that call. Yeah, exactly. So where to for the Knights? Obviously, they take on um, the Roosters this week. They've, they've had five wins, a draw. They've had their two buys. They beat they're, most they're teams. They're a better most, side. They, they, yeah. they beat most teams that aren't in the top four last night. They, they, Gay guy, that's the best game I've seen him play for a long, long time. Cal and Pong are starting to find some space. I really like the way Jackson Hastings just sums yeah. it all up. And they broke down the Broncos. Corey Oates kept on coming in off his wing and didn't make a lot of play there. Like, they broke down the centre. So uh, it was smart. 
and they did everything right. Like, <laughs> that's why I feel a bit sorry for the Knights. They did everything right except win the game. Jeez, Dan Gago was good, wasn't he? Uh, I mean, defensively, personal, he? Def- defensively last night, and he's been very good for them all year, despite the fact that uh, Newcastle haven't had the results. Uh, you know, Adam O'Brien said post-match, he, he, he felt that that was probably a really unlucky omission from that Queensland side in Gagai because of his form this year. But last night, mate, he had them completely covered. It was a really good battle, but Gagai was elite last night, and which we've seen him do many times before, but he was very good. Yeah, Gagai, look, no, no one's ever doubted Gagai's ability. No one. You just float in and out of form, and if he was playing the way he played last night for the yeah. last six weeks, there might have been a different decision made yeah. by the Queensland. Like, there's no doubt when everybody was talking, last night, that was a totally different day in Gay Guy than I've watched in the last month. It was outstanding. Yeah. Can we, um, obviously we'll talk with Kevin Walters shortly, but can we just quickly talk about... And, and, and Jammer, you've seen some halves combinations, Hoops. You've been around the game for a long time. Gordy, you played with arguably some of the best halves combinations in Walters and Langer, but the Mam-Reynolds combination at the moment, it, it is starting to be formidable. They can put points on. They've done it before. For Ezra Mam to have the conviction to throw that flick pass when they're trailing, when he probably could have got there on his own in the end. Jammer, I mean, it, it could be one of the great combinations over the coming years, and they are very dangerous as a halves combination. Well, well, that's it. You use that word, Com- combination. They, they, they need each other and they the, the, their styles of play complement each other's best attributes as well. So they know their roles. They, they're not, you know, sometimes we, we hear the, the things like teamwork um, and, and, you know, non-negotiables. But being a good team player doesn't mean everyone's trying to do the same job. They have enough there to go, okay, Renault, you, you look after this aspect of the game. As a mum, you look after this aspect of the game, and then when we combine and come together, we make something pretty special happen as well. So it isn't about trying to do each other's job. They know their roles within this team. They know where to put themselves, and and then when they combine, it's so dangerous. They trust one another to deliver the plays. Then they also, they I think it, it probably goes a little bit further than that. You know, we 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 see a, um, a lot of deep yardage ball movement from the Brisbane Broncos. Now that comes with a an element of risk, but that's not just on the halves. It's on everybody within that playing group to say, okay, well, we might play this style of football where we shift the ball early coming out of trouble, but if it goes wrong, we've got, we can't sulk. We can't be throwing, yeah. you know, you know, heads down. It's okay. Well, we know that's, that's our, that, that's our style of play. So we've got to go and defend the next set. So that, that that's what it, it extends past that half combination. It becomes into the, the style of play and that the Brisbane players back themselves to you know on the on the off chance it goes wrong. It's an exciting style of footy to oh, watch, super Jimmy, exciting. and it yeah. and it holds up too because you look at a tight contest last night where Brisbane's forward pack had to play off the back foot for long periods of the game. The halves had to try and create momentum when they were also on the back foot. And one of the narratives that's been raised over the course of the last few weeks, Gordy, and the style that Brisbane are playing is the fact that Adam Reynolds and Ezra Mam are they similar to? Alfie and Kevy Walters. Now, you obviously won premierships with both of those blokes and enjoyed a lot of success alongside them. Is that a fair comparison? The, 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 the style that those yeah. two key position players play, do, do you think that does stack up? They probably got to win four grand finals together to say that they're Alfie and Kevy, but 
um, at the moment. I just like what Gemma said. They're a they're a great combination. Like you know, what I mean, like for those two guys just to know where they are. Like that's that's what Elf and Kevy had over 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 anything else. Alan Langer was one of those guys that saw the game different to all of us. But when he went, Kevy could read his mind a little bit and always be there. And they've got that uncanny knack. It's like Jonathan Thurston and Matt Bowen, that when someone would go, well, Ricky and Laurie, they just know what they're doing. Cliffy and Steve Menzies. But these two guys in the short amount of time are just getting it. Like that flick pass, right? And just th- those two guys in the middle of the field, you know, playing and you, know, you hear Cooper... Cooper Cronk talk about, you know, like that when your number nine goes or someone goes, your halves, your first priority is to go with them. Well, they did that last night. And I and I love watching them play, and I think there is a bit of 90s because that's the most successful area the Broncos had. So that's sort of come back in with Kevy's coaching because he, he knows that the style that we had worked. The game hasn't changed that much. Wayne Bennett still coaches the way he coached, <laughs> probably in 1985. Gordy, That's true. Gordy, yeah. the, the, the scary thing for the rest of the competition is, like you say, this is a relatively new combination. Mm. It's only going to get better. Well, they've only been together 18 months, yeah. haven't they? It, this it, year it, and last year. Yeah, I know, I know you know, Reynolds is, 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 a, is approaching the, 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 the later years, but that might just bring up more of Ezra Marman as those combinations and those almost mind-reading abilities of like, okay, when I see this trigger, that means I've got to put in this action. Like, it, that's going to improve. It's going to improve. It was a timely performance, Dobbo, from Adam Reynolds because he can't possibly do any more to no. mount a case as to why he should be parachuted in to Suncorp Stadium to wear the number seven jumper for New South Wales. Yes, he missed the tackle and Caelan Ponga made that break, but he made up for it later in the game when the game was in the balance. He backed oh. up. He was there when Kobe Hetherington made the break. Then he goes just in case when he when he passes the ball onto Ezra Mam and then Ezra produces that awesome flick pass. So... I think plenty of people are of the view that Adam Reynolds can't possibly do any more. He under, he's got such an innate understanding of the flow of the game, the tempo of the game these days and what's required. And even down to that kick that he put in towards the end of the game that then went into touch and just ate the clock down. Yeah. So I was really happy for, you know, for I, Renault. I, I, I'm with you. And he's... He, his goal kicking, the way he knows Suncorp, it, it, it's set up for him to be selected. Don't, and I mean, we talked oh, about I don't it earlier. Buy that. It, he knows Suncorp. Malachi. Well, he does, mate. Oh, no, no, there's only one person that knows every blade of grass. I've got anyway. That's the king. That's it. The king. Okay, I had this apparition this week, and you know, I've crystal balled the end of the season. And I actually oh, can see yikes. this frog. Uh, no, I, no, yep. I'm serious. Ewan, yeah, I can see this. this. I can actually see <laughs> South Sydney and Brisbane in a grand final, and Adam Reynolds up against his old club. I've had visions of this. Yeah, wow. And Adam Reynolds will win so, it. There you, know, you go. So, there so you, go. you know those bets that you had with me when you had those visions, right, that you still haven't paid up? The Raiders will win the comp. I gave you five years. Well, that was a dodgy decision. I gave that you was five, a six-again dodgy decision that caused that. I gave they you five won it. years. Right? Yeah. You still haven't paid that I bet? I have paid it. Don't carry and on with that. And Broncos the Cowboys. Well, the Roosters did win that competition. History shows. And so you think only that fair you should now, the, the best side in the comp, I just said I you crystal think, ball. I'm not right. No, you I just said, said you I had a vision. Crystal. There's a difference between yeah. a crystal ball and a vision. So mm. a crystal ball is where you look to the future. A vision is where you, you've already had it and seen the future. Yeah. It's come to you. You should do like a third edition of the Bible, Dobbo. 
I think there might have been some funny gummy bears in that crystal ball that he was staring into know, as well. I don't know what I don't know what he's doing at the moment. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. Actually, in, in all seriousness, I, I just wonder, and I know that uh, the Broncos would never say this. I, I wonder how they'd feel about Reynolds being picked in Origin, and would it be better for them? For they'd them support not- him. They'd Kevin. Yeah, I, I, I know Absolutely. they support him, but in the context of their season. Could yeah. this derail it? If Reynolds goes into camp, it's the extra. You know, he's not he's not nah. young. He's injury. I, I just don't know if the Broncos would be as happy nah, as Jimmy, we would be. Right. They've, they've, only, got the Titan, they've only got the Titans next week. And they've still got three <laughs> buys up their sleeve. <laughs> we'll take a break. Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Leicester. Ready or not? Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not? Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to Listener Footy Talk Podcast right here on Triple M. James Hooper, James Graham, Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobbin with you. The game we'll be calling this afternoon, 4 o'clock kickoff, is the Melbourne Storm taking on the Cronulla Sharks. Anthony Maroon will be your caller in that one. Jimmy Graham and Gordon Tallis, part of that call team. And so much to get through this afternoon. We're going to have the Raging Bull not far away. Kevin Walters will join us very shortly, the Broncos coach. Also, James Graham's toughest player still to come. And we're going to talk about Manly's win over the Dolphins. And we will unpack Tino and whether or not he should have been charged or how that was handled. Uh, Let's talk Dragons again and around Ben Hunt. And obviously it was reported earlier this week that Ben Hunt, you know, has made some demands, and rightly so, um, that if he is going to start the club, he only wants to play number seven. Now, Gordy, you you don't like this as a general rule with players start making, you know, I suppose in some ways um, demands on where they should play. But to me, I think Ben Hunt's well within his rights. I mean, he's a 300-game player, yeah. and... And you say, well, okay, who's a yeah. better number seven at the club than Ben Hunt? I say no one. So Ben Hunt has every right to say, that. mate. It's who's a better who, number what, nine at the club? Well, I don't care. He's no, not no, a number no, nine. Just, no, no, you ben Hunt's not a, a number question. nine. Who's a better number nine at the club? Arguably, he's not only the best number nine in the game. They touch the ball the most. That's where the Roosters are lacking at the moment. Dragons. No, no, that's where the Roosters are lacking as well. Number nine. Like, they don't have a number nine that's, that's punching through the middle. I just had an opinion. If I'm coaching that club, I have a right to pick the team that I think's best going to win that game. And that's what it's about. Hang on, hang on. Would you ever put Alan Langer? Alan Langer was the number seven at Brisbane. No way after three other games you said. And played number nine for Australia. That's for Australia. That's just not a week in, week out, 26-week competition. Ben Hunt is a 300-game player. He is a senior player. He has been the best at at, at number seven. He single-handedly has carried some George over the last couple of seasons. It's disrespectful. for He should be allowed to say, hey, listen, I want to play number seven, not number nine, week in, week out. And they go, well... We pay you a million dollars a year. We can tell you what we do. Well, D- Dobbo, for me, it, 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 you, you're right. He is the best number seven at the club. And Gordy's right. He's the best number nine at the club. But that's not what it's about. It's about oh. what's best for the team. So what, what attacking structure, what structure are we going to put? put out there, what spine is going to be for not not just best for in the game but also in the long run because you've got Jaden Sullivan there who yes. needs to be playing regular football. You've got Amone there that needs to be playing regular football. 
So I, I, g- g- Ben Hunt is the best seven there, and he might want to play there. But and in the context, it, the, the the club is bigger than Ben Hunt, and, and and Ben is within his rights to say I want to play seven. But that might not be a possibility, given a the basket be, case. Yeah. Given yeah. the basket case that is the Dragons, right? They've only got themselves to blame for this situation. So, at thirty three years of age, turning thirty four next March, I can understand why Ben, at this stage of his career after three hundred NRL games, doesn't yeah. want to play half doesn't want to play hooker yeah, on a week to week basis in the NRL because to get through you know to upwards of twenty six games uh, playing in the middle of the field at this point in his career, he, he, if he did it, he could be gone by the end of next season if they made right. him play 80 minutes every every week. I get that he's outstanding for Queensland, Gordon, and I get that he's outstanding yep. for Australia. And I think it was Wayne Bennett when he was in charge of the Broncos. I remember the Broncos were clunky one season. He, he put Ben Hunt at hooker, and all of a sudden it, it transformed them. So he is a damn good dummy half as well as he's a damn well, why, good half. Why did back. they go and get Jacob Little hoops? Like, this is what St. George, like, what, what was the off-season signing of Jacob Little if you want to go and play Ben Hunt there? Like, they signed him on a one-year deal. One-year deal, yeah. Dobber. Mate, Which I think has listen, since been extended. Dobber, we know that you're friends with Ben Hunt. And this I'm is not, not about Ben Hunt. No, this is, this is not about Ben Hunt. This is about a player saying, I'm only going to play that position. I believe if you're the coach, if I'm the boss of this organisation, I'd tell you what day you work. Otherwise, don't have a coach. And Ben Hunt, your team, you go coach them. So why have a coach? So you don't think Ben Hunt? No, no. Why? Well, how much equity does a player have? I, I, I just, I'm not see, so even so, you don't. If think... If you're winning competitions and you're and then you're Nathan Cleary, you've won the last two grand finals and you got the trophies. You got to say. I yeah, think where I Ben Hunt. I think where Ben Hunt does have uh, an argument. Why do you Gordon disagree? Is, why do you disagree, Dobbo? I think that after 300 games in the NRL, I think what you've done for a club has after, to. You have after to have the it. side's not making finals, after yeah, they're that's not, not competing. Ben Hunt's fault. Ben Hunt. Uh, okay, you know, but if they play him at number nine and it's a better side and there's a better chance of playing finals. Doesn't yep. the coach have that decision? Well, that burns him out, mate. That that, that actually oh, finishes right. uh, what goes on what Hoops is oh, saying. Okay, so it burns out Harry so, Grant. Okay, there's other clubs Cameron that are Smith. interested in him. One of them, right, there's there's two Queensland clubs that are chasing him at the moment. They're not going to buy him as a as a nine. They're buying him as a halfback. The and, Dragons, the Dragons, right, Ben Hunt's got the Dragons over a barrel at the moment because he's their best player. He's their captain. The fans love him. We all saw what he did for them at Cogroval yesterday. If they don't play him at number Did he seven, have a bit of time in the middle at number nine, he might have had a little bit, Gordy. Which I'm Did not against. Really I don't mind. I don't mind if he has a little a little cameo in there, but I don't think 80 minutes week to week at this stage and at this point in his Correct. career is going to do many favours. Where he's got the club jammed is they've handled this whole coaching circus so terribly that he has actually got a fair degree. Of leverage, and he can say to them, "Look, if you want to keep me here long term, and you want me to be the captain and the leader of the club, I want to play more halfback than I'm playing hooker. Yes, yeah, I want and, that to be and, my starting." And he's position. within his rights to, right to, to, to say, say that. that. Of course, he is, and and we, we, we players do that all the time. But that doesn't mean that the next person to come into the job can't assess the situation and say, "Look, Ben, I appreciate you want to play seven, but for the betterment of the team, and 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 I'm as long as everybody's honest." And it's not so. Basically, they need to have this conversation. That's why they need to get a coach sorted yesterday, Absolutely. so they can have this conversation. So they can roster plan for next season. Because yeah. if a new coach comes in and goes, "Look, Ben, I see you as more of a 
A nine and a seven for the betterment of the team. All things going well in an ideal world. I'm going to have Sullivan and Amone as my half pairing, and you're going to be the nine. We need you to do this job. And that, that, that's when the conversation opens up. Okay, you don't want to defend in the middle. Okay, well, we'll defend you at four. We'll defend, Darren Lockyer we'll, we'll, moved from one to six because someone like Carmichael Hunt yeah. come. There's no doubt Darren Lockyer was the best fullback in the world, still has the same career. Yeah, but so he moved to six for the different team. Positions, and, and this is where, okay, cool. <clears throat> different it, positions, mate. But, Come but on. In terms of what what what, what the conversation what do you mean different positions. So how they do, it's going in the front line. It's changing your role for the team. I, I get all of that, and I get James. I actually get what you're saying, and so, I actually agree to part of it. But I don't think for Ben Hunt, and this is genuine. I, if that's the case, I don't think Ben Hunt's at the Dragons next year. Yeah, well, that, well that, this, this could be the conversations that we have. So, you know, um, a guy like whoever comes in might say, okay, well, we'll defend you out wide. We'll, we'll have one of our edge back rows uh, defend in the middle if that's your issue. Or then, you know, we, we speak about Ben Hunt having all the power, then the club have all the power and say, well, we're going to play you at nine. And if you don't like it, then you can look to go elsewhere. And then the, he'd be, he would not be short of offers. But no, the, and, and, that, and that's and part, if he that, walks out... They don't have to pay him, do they? So they got a million dollars to go buy a great well, they, number they, nine. They probably, yeah. Well, they, you know, another club then might say, "Well, we'll tip in, and or we'll contribute the, the overwhelming majority of his wage, or they pay the the full freight that he's on." And then the dragons are in a position like now. But this is why they need a coach in there so they can have these conversations week one, get it all lined out, get it sorted because they're not playing finals this year. No, get it sorted now. But hey, Dobbo, I just want to ask you on your point about. Players being, uh, you know, three hundred gamers and being told, you know, they have a say on when they when they don't. Did, no, Jared, uh, did, did Jared Croker have a say with, when he played last week? He was a three hundred gamer. That. Oh, we he's, don't he's know a that. Three hundred gamer. Hold on. We, we don't know if he gamer. did or not. I don't know if he did or not. Well, he's a three hundred gamer. He didn't. He didn't. Because yeah, Ricky he came out and confirmed it. Ricky said, was this I a positional this change or was this no, a no, positional no, change? No, it was a three hundred yeah, gamer. He went from playing yeah, centre to not yeah, playing. He went from playing. <laughs> That's a position. Yeah, three hundred gamer. He should have a say. No, or two hundred ninety nine. And then you take Jammer, over one What more. I think is he should have some equity. Ben Hunt should have some equity in the long-term positioning of where he should be. Now, you're right about of the course. coach. So, Hoops, where are we at with the coach? And when will we hear an announcement and who will it be? It's been a complete shambles from start to finish, the way that the management of the club has handled it. If I hear once more, we should have it sorted by the end of next week. <laughs> I'll dead set carry around the twist. Uh, I think it will be done this week. I think in all likelihood it's going to be Shane Flanagan, which will augur well for Ben Hunt remaining at the club and staying in the number seven jumper primarily. Uh, the other alternative is Dean Young and Ben Hornby is also still in the mix as well. The interesting twist with Dean Young is if they do go that way, when he was caretaker coach at the Dragons, Ben Hunt played hooker in four out of five games when he was in charge. So that could come to a head there. But look, as of... The back end of last week, and the Dragons do move in very mysterious ways at times, as we saw with the whole breakdown of the Jason Ryles shenanigans. Um, Shane Flanagan, in all likelihood, will get the gig early this week. Oh, that's a great pick. It should have probably been that way from the and what start. If, and what if Flano plays Ben Hunt at number nine? He won't. His no, he won't. He's, he's, he's spoken won't. to him. He's, he's spoken said, to him, yeah. and he said, "You'll be my number seven. Seven. It, it, it's already locked. Yeah, that's now until you get the job. I'm sorry, mate. I've changed my mind. So it's, yeah, it's, well, he knows. It's, it's, he knows the importance. Uh, hey, hey, that's Wayne Bennett. He does it all the time. It, okay, it, what happens if Wayne Bennett moves someone? 
Well, we're going to unpack Mate, the dolphin. Oh, sure. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? Dobbo, you oh, just go in. Be- Dobbo just up, takes. Eh? I'm not. I'm not. Dobbo just not. takes the side of his sources that he uh, that is, his unnamed <laughs> his unnamed sources that he the never sides, reveals. That's what they are. When unnamed he gets the sources. Sides are all his sources. <laughs> on, all the un- basically, you go back through Ben Dobbins' radio career. Everyone who supported that's a source. Um, <laughs> that's his wrong image. They're going to move. Hey. Just, just, oh, just that's on, embarrassing. With, with, with Flanagan coming in. It should be your opinion, mate. No, no, hold on. Just you know, for oh, this show, oh. you and it's supposed to be his opinion. Yeah. Because we don't we don't need players and coaches and that producing this show. We got a producer, but if you want them to keep on producing your segments, yeah. you can. Oh, we need whatever. all authenticity, Dobbo. You know, if you <laughs> well, want to get I'm on this plane tell to you Vegas right now, Ben Hunt deserves because of his standing in the game yeah. that he has absolute full say on where he plays at the back end of his career. And what a better for. Per- Premiership winning coach that has won a premiership. Yes. He's got a right to play him then. Yep. Exactly your argument. Play him wherever he wants. Well, that then don't be upset if Ben Hunt leaves the club. That's fine. But don't be upset. Yeah, and don't be upset leave. with him if and he leaves we the don't Dragons. Have to pay you because if you yeah, leave, well, that's fine. Pay Somebody else will pay him that money. Yep. And there are clubs that are offering him exactly the same money he's on at the Dragons. Well, and then they find out that he's a better one. And then you, you reckon there's a couple in Queensland, Dobbo? Yes, I do. Right. Yes, so I Gold do. Coast and the Cowboys. Yes, I do. I okay. think I so think Bulldogs, Gold the Coast, Cowboys, and Cowboys are all watching the Reece situation, aren't they? I think the Titans. Are, I think the Titans are in on it, and I think if he was available, the Titans would put their hand up at the drop of a hat. And I believe that long term, potentially, and that you so know, you reckon the Titans have already got hold of him? Yeah? No, no, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. No, well, you I said think that, the that if he becomes available, the Titans will have a crack at trying yeah, to get him. Uh, of course, I, I just want to go back to to Flanagan. Um, dra- dragons. If that's confirmed, how's how are things going to look at uh, at decision making level? And and I'm um, thinking of the the well documented, um, let's just say, disagreement and dislike at some of the the top level of the board there to, to Flanning because there was a massive reluctance there. You know, well ex- they'll have to uh, smoke the peace pot. To get it across the line. Is that what they're going well, to have to do? They'll have to because you can't have – you can't appoint a new head coach. The vote for starters to appoint the coach has to be unanimous. So there's eight people on the board. So you need at least five to vote that, yes, we're happy to have rubber stamp Shane so Flanagan the consen- as yeah, the our consensus. head. Yeah, so they've got to have the numbers, right? Yeah. So that's going to mean that if that happens – then Peter Doust and Flano are going to have well, to get together and sort I, out their differences. I, I generally hope so because we saw yesterday the crowd at Cogra, like yep. that that, that those yeah, people that deserve it. So what they don't need is a marriage from hell here, yes. and to think and this to be paving the way to hell. Because if they don't sort out these issues now, like the conversation with Ben Hunt and stuff like that, if if, they, if this is just a, you know a, another a continuation of what some have labelled a circus. And then, you know, you've got Flanner going in there, strong personality, you know, butting heads with another strong personality on the board. Like, uh, you know, they need, uh, I hope, for everybody's sake there, because the Dragons fans deserve it, that they organise these issues and forecast about where some of these decisions need to be made and how they're going to make those and who's going to have final say. Yeah, well said, Jimmy. And and, and just to tie a bow and and wrap up on that uh, Vegas issue from earlier, Dob, I've also had a text message from Triple M heavy hitter Ewan Giles, um, who you secretly went and white-handed to about the rest of us on this program. He said, don't worry, mate. Uh, Loving the show. All you blokes on fire. Dob, is also on notice and being watched. 
<laughs> I doubt that that's true, but There's anyway. All right. hey, this show doesn't need three hosts. Hey, Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sydney. <laughs> On Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Leicester. Ready or not. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Uh, All thanks to Listener Footy Talk podcast. Ben Dobbin, Gordon Tallis, James Graham, James Hooper with you. Ahead of the Melbourne Storm taking on the Cronulla. That's four o'clock kickoff. Anthony Maroon will be your caller for that game. So much to get through. The Raging Bull's not far away, but look, the the good news story is that into the bye, the Brisbane Broncos sit at the top of the table, and it's been a fantastic start after 15 weeks. Um, A lot of you know, I've been right on the back of the Broncos from the very beginning and said that they were morals this year, and and it's my great pleasure to bring in the coach of the Brisbane Broncos, Kevin Walters. Hello, Kev. How are you, mate? Afternoon, Dobbo. Yeah, you've always been a huge supporter of the club, Dobbo, so really... <laughs> Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, mate. Hey, Kev, um, congratulations. First 15 weeks. I know a long way to go, but uh, they've shown a, a real grit this year, that side of yours, and, and off the back of a couple of lean years and building, um, you're in a prime position now going into your first buy. Yeah, we are in a good position, but it's through a lot of the players, you know, hard work and learnings from the past, you know, three years or a couple of years that I've been here at the club. So we're all learning and, and getting better, myself included in that category. And all the coaches here are working really hard for our players to get the best out of them each week. Um, and, you know, we're, we're not comfortable where we are because we know there's still a long way to go in the season, but we're we're fortunate and uh, to be where we are and sitting uh, in first, equal first place with the Panthers. Um this, this far into the season. Hey, Kevy, it's uh, Jimmy Graham here. Congratulations on being top yeah. of the ladder. You, you, you have two more wins than the Panthers as well. So uh, I respect your answer, but uh, you clear yeah. top of the table, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, mate, you've got two buys coming up, and in between that, uh, you've got sandwiched two Queensland derbies as well, um, then one in round 25. I think it's a very favourable um, buy schedule for the for the Brisbane Broncos and has you primed for an assault on the premiership at the back end of the season. Um, how are you planning on uh, on giving the, the players some time off and, and how will that buy schedule look like? Yeah, um, that's a good question. We, we This is a key period in our season isn't it, to get this part of, of our season right. And um, right now, so we've got no game this week or the next weekend coming up. So the players are on three or four days or three days off. Um, and we'll come back in and train on Thursday and Friday and then I'll get the weekend off uh, into the Titans next week and with a full full load of training. But um, I think the origin period has been, been really good for us as well, for our players to, to get their space out of the NRL and actually into a different competition. And I know from previous experience with our players that go into those camps, they just learn so much from other players and, and other coaches. There's different ways that, that players prepare and they see from the best on how they do it. Uh, and Pat Carrigan was a particular one last year when he came back from the State of Origin series, a, a different person and a different player. So... Um, we hope we gain some of those experiences again. Our boys this year, we've got quite a few involved, so that'll be a big one. And then we just got to keep them fresh into into that space. You know, the last two or three weeks of the competition, we've got some tough games, a tough away games as well. So, yeah, but looking forward to what should be a great finish to the season. 
Kevy, congratulations. Your halves are rightfully getting plenty of positive headlines this morning after that epic come-from-behind victory. But yeah. I wanted to highlight and ask you about Kobe Hetherington. Like, he came up with a couple of really tough carries in that set and then that yeah. offload. Um, and I know you're also great mates with his old man Dalton, uh, Jason yeah. Hetherington as well. As a coach, that must be one of those moments you, you can sit back afterwards and really enjoy. Yeah. Oh, certainly. And we weren't sure whether to put him back on or not um, after he had the concussion. HO passed his test and we thought, well, bugger, we'll give him a crack because he, he likes to have a crack, uh, Kobe, and he did a perfect job for us. A couple of those runs were really telling, uh, you know, slicing through the Knights' defence, and he, in the end he set up the, the final try for us. So it was a brilliant uh, comeback from the HIA. I mean, he's tough as old, but it's like his father. Uh, we love having him in the side, and uh, he always gives his all. Hey, Kevy, it's Goody, mate. Congratulations on your season so far. There was talk today about Adam Rez- uh, Reynolds and Ezra Mann being the next Kevy and Alf, and I said, well, they've got to win four competition, um, <laughs> four, <laughs> four uh, premierships for that. But they're starting to strike up a really good combination, aren't they? Oh, they, they certainly are. The numbers are reversed a bit, though, because Alf was the money man, the seven, you know, and, <laughs> and I just I was in a support role, but... Renault's look doing a terrific job with our boys, and Ezra is he's just a he's just a footy player. That's not I shouldn't say just. That's great. It's a great combination that they have, you know, been working on for a couple of years now. So we're getting some fruits of it last night. What is that flip pass from Ezra? I'm not sure if Alfie could do that, but I was, that's way above my league. That was an absolutely amazing piece of skill to find Renault, you know, um, in support. It was a terrific piece of work from from Ezra, a real sign of his skill and his abilities. The other thing that he gets underestimated on board is his toughness. Uh, he got criticised last year a lot about his defence, like most halves do, but he's really worked hard in the off-season, you know, taking on the big boys at training, and then that's coming through with his games because it's been uh, a real improvement in him, which he needs to get better at as well. Hey, Kevy, on um, on Adam Reynolds, um, in the context of a, of a Brisbane hat, I want you to put your, your Brisbane hat on here. No Queensland hats on, no games. Do you think it could be detrimental potentially if he does get a nod for for New South Wales and 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 take the focus no. off um, off the Brisbane Broncos? Not at all, Jimmy. I'm, I really hope that he does get selected for New South Wales again. Uh, he's been in that arena, but not for for a few years now. Actually, I coached against Adam when I was the Queensland coach back. I think it was 2016 or 2017. So I'd love to see him back in that arena. It would be great for Adam. And the long-term benefits for the club and short-term for the Broncos are huge. Yeah. I mean, sure, we might miss him for a game, but again, the experience that he gets from mixing with those other great players, you know, in the New South Wales team and, and different coaches. Freddie's a, obviously a very talented coach as well, so I'd love to see him get selected. It'd be good for Adam and also good for the Broncos. Yeah, look, as a Broncos member, Kev, I just want to say you're doing a fantastic <laughs> job. One of the members, I'm a fully paid member of the Broncos, so I just want to say, mate, you're doing a great job as the coach, mate, and enjoy your little few days off as well. You you work very hard, so good on you, Hold mate. On, can we just roll the tape? we got Wayne Bennett here now talking. What, what? No, I'm talking to Kevin Walters. I'm a Broncos member. Just, you know? just, you're talking to Dobbo. It's not Wayne on the end of the line, Dobbo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kev, you get away. You know where I'm a <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. My back pocket. My back pocket. <laughs> we're, um, we're outing. We're outing all Dobbo's sources today. We got Ben Hunt on one. 
Wham bam, 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 on the other. No, mate. Anyway, yeah. Kevin, you're doing a great job, hey, mate. Hey, Kevin, just before we let you go, can, can we just yes. confirm, you know we always hit with all the hard questions here. Is that yeah. right, Dobbo's also pitched up for an ambassadorship as the face of Winston Glade's car wash? <laughs> <laughs> he tried to, mate, but we couldn't get a sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not funny, Kevin. <laughs> Drewy and I, <laughs> Drewy, <laughs> your, your brother Drew did a very good job there, and, you know, him and I are rock I saw him last night in the sheds. And, mate, he knows about loyalty, mate. He stayed true he to himself. He's still at Ipswich, like me. We're, we're the working class, not like the others, oh. mate. So. The old Mossman Mauler. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the old Mossman Mauler. Look at him. Done it real tough. Yeah. Yeah. on his dad's ranch. All right. <laughs> okay. oh. We're going to go. Thank you, Kevin. It's good to talk to you, mate. We appreciate you. Good on you, mate. Uh, before we go, we've looked some big news after the break. Regarding the West Tigers halfback, we're going to discuss that massive news if you're a West Tigers fan. That is up next on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Leicester. Ready or not. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not. Welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to the Listener Footy Talk podcast right here on Triple M. James Graham, James Hooper, Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobbin with you. And the four o'clock game we'll be calling this afternoon is the Melbourne Storm taking on the Cronulla Sharks. Anthony Maroon will be your caller along with Gordy and James Graham. And Hoops, uh, some big news. You're a West Tigers fan and massive news just breaking as reported at the moment out of the West Tigers. Yeah, so Brent Reid, who's obviously also a member of the Triple M call team, uh, has just broken this story, which is that Luke Brooks has dropped a bombshell on the Tigers and informed them that he will not be at the club next year. So he's off contract. Uh, the Tigers had put a two-year extension on the table to Luke, Brook- Luke Brooks. That was only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but what he has actually in effect, decided to do is to test the open market. He's going to look at other NRL clubs for options and possibilities. Uh, And then, obviously, the the Super League over in England would also be on the table as well. But uh, that's big news for the West Tigers because Luke Brooks had started to recapture some of his best form over the course of this year since the arrival of Benji Marshall uh, and the return of Tim Sheens. But he's clearly decided that he wants to make a, a clean break from the club. Uh, and, look, I reckon the way it sits at the moment, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at a, a rival NRL club. So, I mean, this is huge for the West Tigers. I mean, they were very confident. Tim Sheens had only come out a couple of weeks ago and was confident and had said, look, we had, we definitely want him here. We've made an offer. Um I know it's considerably left less. And James Graham, you, you you made it clear on the Thursday night call that look, he's not actually on a million dollars. It's a it, it, you know the, the talk that Luke Brooks is on a million dollars a season just isn't factually no. correct because there's back end deals. It averages out around that eight fifty. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. So he's not on a he's he's not a million dollars a year player. So his contract, you know. Uh, it, it has been back-ended. So he will take home a million dollars for year 2023, but over the course of the contract, it's not a million dollars a season. So there's a big difference. And he's back-ended, and that does the club a favour, not the individual. So anyone that's been on a back-ended contract. So 
Yeah, they're, they're, I'll say on that, Jimmy, the NRL is a, is reluctant around back-ended deals these days. I know it used to yeah. happen when you played and Des, I, I was, Des yeah. Hasler was a specialist yeah. so, at, at doing it. Yeah, but I don't, I I don't think it's a ma- it's it's massive in no. terms of Luke Brooks, but he's, he's definitely receiving significantly more season 23 than what he has done the previous three or four years. In terms of the and and the, this this deal in particular, but I, th- I just think you know, Dobbo, you, you said there about the the Tigers being, you know, oh, we've offered them a deal. This was only after they went heavy in for Mitchell Moses and True. Cameron Munster and Cameron Munster and Mitchell Pierce and Mitchell Pierce and all and uh, so <clears throat> y- you know that maybe Luke Brooks has gone well. You know, I'm I'm sick and tired of being, you know the. The 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 the, the last, whipping boy, the, the, the punching not, bag, not, not just the uh, whipping uh, boy, the punching bag, but but also like your your next best option. You know, you, I'll say this, Jimmy, as a, as a West Tigers, and I am actually genuinely a West Tigers member. Unlike Dobbo, who's got about eight different memberships at every club in the game, um, he has been very well paid yeah. over the course of his entire career at stages. He won the Dallium Halfback of the Year in 2018 and had a damn good season under Ivan Cleary. Mm. But there's also been other long periods of his tenure at the club where he hasn't yeah. delivered on the expectations. Mm. And because he's a local junior, a lot of the fan base were really invested in in Luke and they wanted to see him do well but when you don't get the results well when you're on that sort of dough you're always going to come under a lot of scrutiny and your performances are going to be picked apart but I can also understand from Luke's point of view if he does want to make a clean break from the club he had the option to go to Newcastle a couple of years ago at the beginning of last season but the Tigers blocked it Tim Sheens wouldn't let it happen I don't think that sat particularly well with Luke at the time I think he wanted to make the clean break then and have a new challenge different environment uh, and see what he could do at a different club yeah. and, and it, look, obviously the timing of it is, is strange because the Tigers do seem yeah I know they didn't start the season so well a lot of off field um, negative storylines but you know on the field it seemed like they were they, they were on the up they were learning how to play with Appy some very good quality young outside backs making starting to make a, a bit of a name for themselves here in the NRL but you know perhaps for Brooks it's just you know he, he's been down this road you know, four or five times throughout his career, and and perhaps he's just gone. You know, I I, I just need a a a, a change and not be that um the the, the local boy with all the the hope put on him. So I think um I, I look I, I think that this is a you know potentially a, a win win for everybody at the Tigers. I think Brooks yeah. has has had to put himself first here and say, look, as much as I'd love to stay and be part of this you know regeneration probably time for me to, to move on and just get a fresh set of ideas and a fresh you know, fresh set of walls that to, to, to sit in know, a fresh dressing room. I think you're talking a lot of sense, Jimmy, and I also think knowing uh, who his management group is, he's off contract, right, at the end of this season anyway, so he's free to negotiate with yeah. rival clubs from last November the 1st. There'll be something else at play here. You think Canberra? Oh, there will be something else already on the board here. It mightn't have been played out in public yeah. just yet, but... Yeah, there will there will certainly be something else. Where, where, going you, on. where you think because gonna... Dobbo's sauce don't forget. No, let me just tell you this <laughs> now. Because like Ben Hunt's going to leave. Ben Hunt's going to leave the Dragons if he's. Why if he doesn't, doesn't the West him? Tigers now make a play for Ben Hunt? I'm being serious well, because they, they, they probably will. You know that, that to me would well, make hang on, sense. Hang on, I'll stop you there. They can't make a play for Ben Hunt because he's contracted to St George Illawarra for next season and the year after. 
So they can't do is, that. Is, is, Canberra, is, Canberra, leave, is, is Canberra the likely option for Well, Brooks, it is an option. It certainly would be an option. Uh, the only point I would make there would be that, as I said, the aforementioned management of Luke Brooks, the Raiders don't have any players uh, with that particular group. Okay. They made that decision a couple of years ago, so there'd need to be a little bit of a thawing of the ice. Moses? Can I ask you this? I don't agree with you, James Graham, about this, that, you know, because they've, the, the Tigers have gone in after everybody and they've asked for Mitchell Moses and Munster and, and Mitchell Pearce and all that. You don't think if that Luke, you don't think that would be... I can tell you, if Luke Brooks was playing the way he's been playing for the last few years, they wouldn't be doing that. So the oh, only reason yeah. they've been doing that, the only reason they've been doing that is because Luke Brooks's form over the last few years hasn't been anywhere near it was here, and yeah, they so, invested. So, so, so you got to look so at he, your own. You got to look at yourself a bit, yeah, mate. A, a, a little bit, yeah. But you know, you, we we he has been second fiddle. It reminds me a little bit of yourself, Dobbo. You, you know, we tried everyone else as a host, and then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. you you just landed the job, and you know, yeah. Now they call me the difference. <laughs> no, now they call you number no, six. No, 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 <laughs> no. You stay in North Queen. So, you know what? You know, once they finish their jobs wherever they are, you know, there's some. Just wonder if we rolled out someone in your spot every week. Yeah. Or, 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 how, or, or no, you know, we would. Okay, we, okay, we I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I get what you're saying. Or we were linked with another hoops, host. At hoops, as a as an honest West Tiger supporter, if Luke Brooks had been week in week out their best, and, and I'm saying I'm, I'll, I'll compare him to Nathan Cleary. Just say he's a Nathan Cleary. I don't say he's of that level, but as dominant for that side as an important. And there's no way. The West Tigers go in after someone else. No, you raise a, a, It's a completely legitimate point. You raise a, a yeah. very fair point. And, I mean, you go back to when they were pursuing Mitchell Moses. They Luke Brooks was actually quoted publicly. So the Tigers were, to a degree, using the fact that Luke Brooks has previously played with Mitch, still great mates with him. They used to live together to try and land his signature to come and play with Luke. But whatever's happened behind the scenes, he's obviously decided, as Jimmy Graham pointed out earlier, that he wants a change. He needs a clean break. And like I say, there will be options on the table and, here, no question. And Dobbo, you're right. If he had to play better, he wouldn't have got into this situation. But he wasn't playing good enough. So the Tigers went after others. Whether or not they, they'll argue, oh, he could play six to Moses, I don't know. But, but I just think... I think it's uh, not a bad thing for, for Brooks to, to look for past his new. Yeah, you well said. This is the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy. Lives on listener. Replays, interviews. And the only place to catch every Triple M footy call. Oh, wow. Sunday. So often the day after the night before. A day to lay low, relax, keep out of harm's way. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. All thanks to the Listener Footy Talk podcast. Hoops, Jimmy Graham, Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobbin with you. Ahead of the Melbourne Storm taking on the Cronulla Sharks. We've still got the Raging Bull to come. Uh, So much to go. James Graham's toughest player as well. We'll talk about, hopefully, uh, Manly's big win over the Dolphins as well. But let's get into it. Uh, Let's talk about this... Area of concern around the incident that occurred on Thursday night. Now, Tino Tino Moali has been cleared of any injury or any damage to uh, Api Corosau. Now, 
I don't know how everybody saw it. Um, I don't think – I think in the call, James Graham, you and I are a part of that. We didn't think there was anything to it. Um, it was a strong carry. Hoops, how did you see it? With his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still going down this road, are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. Dobby, he's a peanut, mate. I don't yeah. know how anybody saw it. Then. Did you have your glasses off? <laughs> You are a peanut. Seriously, today, you are in one of these moods. Um, and How I don't know what that? it is. Listen, it's the king's birthday. He's been <laughs> no, out no, celebrating. That's what it is. He's been out celebrating. <laughs> Let Clearly. Him go. Did you think it deserved a charge, Hoops? Well, it certainly created a lot of debate south of the Tweed. I understand people who see it through maroon glasses, and they all say that no problem. It's been part of the game since 1908. Bumpers up. Um, you're allowed to protect yourself when you're the ball carrier but I think south of the border a lot of the questions that were asked centred around the fact that Tino was issued with a fine for a very similar incident with Reed Marnie only a couple of weeks ago where yeah. Reed was knocked out in this case Appy's ended up with a busted jaw and he's going to be out for a minimum of six weeks uh, and so people thought that it could have been charged by the match review committee. Look, uh, for, for me, while we were watching this game, Ben, like it, it was a mystery. Appy Coruscant went off, and it was like, what happened? What, what, what happened to Appy? And then it wasn't until we saw the replay, as like, oh, it's from that tackle. But yeah. there wasn't anything at first glance to say. And you know, we 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 what we see those type of collisions <clears throat> or those incidences if there's a high tackle or a clear raised elbow, and it sort of raises. You know, you know the, the the atmosphere in the commentary box or, or at home when you're watching, you're like, oh, hang on, I want to see that again. But there was nothing to suggest live that there was something worth Warrington seeing. I, I think that plays in the favour of Tino. I, personally, I just think Tino runs hard and, and, and sometimes not too dissimilar to the to the Jared one uh, with Moses Leota, where unfortunately he, he was knocked out. I, it, it's just... Un, it's an unintended, unfortunate consequence of playing in our sport sometimes. Yeah, uh, no, he, he <laughs> his running style is completely fine. Absolutely yeah. 100%. I agree. If I looked at Reed Marnie, and if that's my son, right, you have to move your head. If I look at Appy Coruscant, why are you standing up straight when a big guy's running at you? You got no power. If you the strongest position you can get is you see the sp- sprinters, you see the swimmers, or you're picking up a wheelbarrow, like you pick it and you get your legs straight. So there was no back bend. I believe if if Tino's arm leaves his body and he and his elbow raises up, absolutely. But when you're carrying the ball and you're bumping and you're protecting your ribs, I don't have a problem. If he raised his arms, absolutely. If his if his arm leaves his body. Absolutely, but if his arms are tucked on his body and they come off like, what is it, half a ruler, 15 centimetres, I don't have a problem. If you take that away from a big guy, right, this is my opinion, when Addo Car runs, he can only run at our speed. Mate, I'm happy for all the big blokes to run soft, right, put the ball underneath their arm and let's play a woke game of rugby league, let's all play it. But then you take the speed off that and a Nathan Cleary, you're not allowed to throw any dummies or any steps. Yeah, I, if I, if that's all we can bring to a game, I, I, if, I, like that's that's what we 
that's what we judge our front rowers on. You can understand that. You can understand, Gordon, Gordon, you can understand why people in New South Wales and in South Don't look at the incident. No, 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 no. Not looking at the incident. Sorry, look, look, look at, at the, the consistency from. When he Reed Marnie cops a fine, he cops a fine for the Reed Marnie incident. I think the Reed, right? I don't think that he needed to. No, but that's he still did. And so when there's nothing, no charge. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. You can understand the frustration of people are going. Hang on, how can he knock a bloke out? Same running style. He gets a thousand bucks. He does the same thing. Happy breaks his jaw. He gets nothing. That's the that's well, the issue. Pull it down to anybody that's watched the game for a hundred years that don't care whether they play Origin and say. I'm going to teach my son to tackle like that. You, you, you're certainly you, going to teach your son to run like that, yeah, but you, you're not going to teach your son to tackle like yeah, that, Jimmy you, Graham. You, you, you're right, you're right, Gordy. And and for me, if you you actually look at the the style and the action of run, when he's running, I think you could have a ha, have a case if the elbow was cocked, cocked, and and yeah. it, and and that was the um, the focus point of it, or, or the 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 most. Um, the, the the part of his body that was furthest away from his chest, but it wasn't. It was more of a forearm and the running action. It wasn't actually it wasn't actually cocked and bent to go after the the defender. It was more of just that he's running and that's he's trying to run through arguably, you know, the smallest guy in the middle of the field. And then like I say, it's just it's an unfortunate part of our game, and it just happens from time to time. It just so happens it's been Tino that's been running 100 miles an hour at two dummy halves, and like you say, they've got their heads in the wrong spot. I think the the one against Reed Marnie was arguably a little worse. I think that worse. probably look, needed a bit more of a look at, but the incident that happened on Thursday evening... It, yeah, but hang on, Jimmy. He's, he's six foot five, right? He's, let's say, he's he 100, 100, 115 kilos, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going full tilt. Now, I understand and I respect what you're saying about how the two defenders are much smaller in stature and they made no effort whatsoever to bend their backs or try and get around, you know, his lower half, put the head to one side. But when we've got all this, and I'm not saying I support this, but when we've got all this furor around concussion and defenders not being able to allowed to even as much as lay a finger on the head of an opposition player, right, we'd be naive to think that when you're going to get injuries like this and issues like this occurring frequently in the game that the NRL won't have a look at it because well, yeah. they can't have a yeah. crackdown the way they have. Yeah, but they can't all... change this hoops. And like, I mate, I'm all Gordon. for the game to be safer, right? Mate, I sat yesterday and watched kids sport. Um, and then, and like today, the whistles were going across the road. I am, I am into kids wanting yeah. to play a game, and it's the safest it's ever been. That part of Tino, if it was wrong and he raised and he jammed it in, you go. There's no need for that. Like you're big yeah. enough, you're hard enough to stop anyway. But for us to look and go, oh, well, he broke his jaw. To me, Appy, like he sort of hit him about where his watch, like, you know, like the, where where he'd be wearing a watch. It wasn't yeah. even, you know, further yeah. down and look, to yeah. the hard part of his arm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There is the other issue that we need to talk about here, and that is the conflict of interest when we have commentators that are clearly invested in decision-making Um commenting on it before the match review committee. Now, I'm going to play what Brad Fittler said in that moment. Wow. Right away, he was commentating that game for Channel you 9. you one of your Channel it, 9 colleagues? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm just going to play this. Here's Brad Fittler. There's also a, you know, there's due diligence and, you know, it's a contact game, but if you 
if it was just contact, then you know it could get very dangerous and there would be a lot of injuries. It's the second time he's done it to a hooker. He knocked out Reed Money a couple of weeks ago. He flies very close to the line with his tackling as well. It's spectacular at times. So, you know, you don't want to take completely out of the game, but there's plenty of times where he doesn't wrap his arm either. So, mm. you know, it's a, con- it's a contact game, but there's also a duty of care as well. Okay, so that's Brad Fittler, the New South Wales coach on Tino, and knowing that he's lost his half and he's lost his hooker. Here's Cam Smith, who's part of the coaching setup for the Queensland side. His take on it. I'm trying to find what's illegal about the action because if, if you actually see the bump which he makes on Appy Corusau, it's with the ball carrying arm. It's with his right yeah. arm. Whereas you look at the last time he was charged in um, a few weeks ago, it was when he led with his left arm. Look, you know, to me, I'm struggling to find what was illegal about it. I know, mm. I know, he made contact with Appy's um, with his face, and, and that is unfortunate. But there wasn't too much. I don't think that Tino could have done in this instance. Yeah, and, and this is the issue. So, okay. I love both of it. Yeah, I love, I, so Freddie, do I, but it, Freddie it, has to stick up for his hooker, right? And there's no doubt, and that's what New South Wales is all about. That's what the New South Wales coach is supposed to do. Freddie's there. He's watching the game. He was working on nine. He saw the incident, and there was more reasons why he blew up, and he's got it right. <clears throat> but then when Cameron Smith it's there, I actually agree. I didn't see anything wrong with his actions. Like, the injury, and I do feel sorry for Appy. I, I, like, I really do. And then when he went off, mate, we are sitting at Fox and we are watching it. I didn't know why why he went off. And then when I said he broke his jaw, I couldn't remember the incident yeah. until they replayed it. Yeah, yeah, but then when we all saw the replays, immediately... like, Did you think the, it was that bad? Well, in the immediate aftermath on Channel 9, you could see, I think even Billy Slater, is the Queensland coach, said that, well, we're going to have to wait and see what happens in, in relation to it because it, it's going to be subject to being reviewed by the match review committee because he was later put on report. And they got it right. Yeah, well, 100% lot, in your some opinion. people are saying that, but other people are going the other way and saying, you know, there is, to Brad Fittler's point, there is a duty of care when you're the attacker as well. And, Gordon, I understand you would have been suspended 100 oh, times, far, right, man. if yep. this type of rule running penalty was in play when you were playing. But I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if the NRL begin to look at this type of thing as a result of the way the game has gone over the course of the last 18 months, two years, in relation to any sort of contact with players' heads, whether you're an attacker or whether you're a defender. I think think you asked the question, you got asked the question, was it deliberate? And and was there a, was there a di- direct move from Tino to? I reckon to, you could argue both cases. See, see I reckon. I, see, I, I I beg to differ. I, I think if you could watch that vision and and rub out the the West Tigers attackers, Tino's running like there's no one there. Yeah, but does yeah, he I, lift his arm slightly just before the point of contact? Yeah, yeah, because you brace. Because you brace. So is that an argument like though? You brace. I, is that I, think, a, I, I don't think he's he's. Yeah. Performed an illegal action. Well, the match review committee doesn't yeah. either, so it's six again. Play on. He's free to to play in Origin, but certainly it has been a hot hey, talking hoops, point. We can't change that rule, mate. Like honestly, like, Gordy, I'm, I'm honestly, not saying mate, we've they taken should. So I'm, much off the big guys. Right? I'm not saying they should. Yeah. But I've just seen the way that the game's gone over the course of the last eighteen months, two years. And I get it. And then I agree with a lot of the rule changes because I believe it's made our game cleaner. And I, mate, and I get the HI. I get all of it. And I don't, you know. And I always say that you should be able to run, and no one's allowed to hit you in the head. But 
as for just pure technique, when I talk to kids and say, where's the best place to tackle? I used to say around the legs, right? Because that's the way I was taught. I've changed my rule on that. It's around the belly button because that's the softest part. Put your head to the side and the belly button's the softest part to get the kids. So you stay away from their big muscles up the top and their elbows and then shoulders and all that because there's a chance that you can cop one of those. And don't go down around their hips and their knees now because they're big and they're moving. Get get to their belly button. Can we get the Raging Bull to do a demo on Dobbo and hit Dobbo around the belly button? His his belly button is like the abyss. (laughs) It's that that deep. I might lose my shoulder. Sorry, sorry, you know, Mr. Mr. Ripped and so fit and, you know, like, you're carrying a few extra pounds as well, big fella, so don't start throwing rocks. <laughs> it's called dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's called dollars. Oh, get out of it, you idiot. Uh, anyway. Just on that, just on Jimmy that carries the pounds. He carries the sterling. Just on that incident, though, like, the, there is an opportunity to for Appy Corusel to p- perform a, a, a tackle where he, he, he doesn't end up being like that. I think that's that's part of it as well. So look, it, it is just it's unlucky. Like what what do you do? And 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 the fact that, you know, it involves a player from New South Wales and a player from Queensland, a player from you know, New South Wales gets knocked out. It's gonna create talking points and you know the the, the and co- rubbed out of origin two and three. Yeah, and it's going to create talking points, and those people are in the media. They're paid for their opinion, and also they know the games that get played on this level as well. We 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 know that that's all part of the attraction of the soap opera that is rugby league. Of course, they're going to go into bat for their players. Of course, they're going to you know look to get one over on Queensland or and vice versa. Yeah. So this is just part of it, and and sometimes you've got to take what everyone says with a pinch of salt. Like when Dobber comes out with a you know a, a ridiculous comment like Ben Hunt should stay. We, we know where that's oh, coming from. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, we're going to take <laughs> a break. He's texting him as we speak. Sunday, Simbi. I stuck no, up for I've you, I've actually mate. got an update. I stuck up for no, you, little mate. No, no, mate. no. Oh, do you want to know what it is? Do you want to know? You want yes. me to read a text? Yes. This is from somebody at the Newcastle Knights. Mm-hmm. I won't name who. Due to your exceptional support, we'd like to offer you a Knights membership <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> no, thank you. This is Sunday, Simbi, on Triple M. have that power. <laughs> Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Lister. Ready or not? Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not? Welcome back to Triple M Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to Lister Footy Talk Podcast. James Hooper, James Graham Gordon, tell us Ben Dobbin with you ahead of the round 15 Sunday afternoon clash. Melbourne Storm taking on Cronulla. Anthony Maroon will be your call with that. It is now time for this. <laughs> Big fella, you're raging bull today. Here we go. Well, <clears throat> today I just got up and I was reading What's the Buzz or whatever, you know, me great mate Buzz Lightyear's column. Um, <laughs> well, that's what my son, well, that's what my son, little Billy, caught him when he met him at 360, Buzz Lightyear. But I was reading Buzz's column and there was an article on Wayne Bennett yep. on whether he should become an immortal. Yep. And I know that Wayne Bennett has been involved with our game for over 50 years. And there's no doubt the standing in our game is huge, right? And 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 he has added to it. There's 
There's no doubt. As a player, he played for his country. As a coach, well, we all know what his coaching record is with Brisbane. Uh, obviously, South and South. Brisbane here, then he's gone to South and Sydney, um, St. George, uh, obviously Newcastle, and now the Dolphins. But for me, when it comes down to the Immortals, when I was reading the Rugby League Week as a kid and I'd open up, there would just be the photo of the guys at the SCG and I knew that they were just players only. And I think they'd have the KB shorts on and there was these old guys and I had to ask my dad who they were and they were legend players. Yeah. And I just think sometimes with everything that we do, that... Sometimes it's just got to be left to the players. And I think well, the Immortals are something. Hey, He was a player. Well, he wouldn't make it as an Immortal. Yeah, but he's been involved in the game of rugby league, Gordon. Okay, so does he – okay, so what does he go in as? He goes in as an Immortal. He's won it, it, rugby league. I, and I can't believe that you – he is without a doubt – put aside everything. You, you will admit this. He's the greatest coach of all time to ever be involved in the NRL. Oh, no, 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 no. What about – what about the guy that coached St. George to 11 grand finals or whatever? Doesn't he go? What about Craig well, Bellamy? That was a captain coach. <coughs> well, there you go. Well, it wasn't. Well, you know what I mean? So, no, no. So, we're going to open Bennett's up a Pandora's box. Than okay, so there's a Hall of Fame, right? And I think the Hall of Fame can be, I think, referees. I think I think our Hall of Fame is it's really high, right? And I think everybody that's involved in rugby league, whether – whether, you know, you've been a volunteer, whether you've been like a committee member when, you know, like someone like a Nick Politis, if they put him, him in the Rugby League Hall of Fame, I would not have a problem with that, right? But when it comes time to being an immortal, it should only be players and what they do on the footy field. And if Wayne Bennett can be that as what he's done on the footy field as a player, go get it. But as a coach, no. What about the great Jack Gibson? He's the last coach that's... To, uh, to coach three premierships in a row. Should he go in? Well, I mean, there's a case for it. I, I'm interested in hoops. So no, you thoughts. said Wayne Bennett should be in the oh, I think Wayne Bennett's the – I think if, if – if, if, uh, one, your, your selection criteria is very different to when it was done. It was the, it was done from the big league, right? A yes. rugby league week, rugby yes. league week. It's not like – it's not done that way anymore. Um, it's, there's a different criteria now. and The criteria is pretty much on playing. Now, the criteria has always been around playing, Gordon. Gordon's yeah. right in that respect. The, the criteria has always been it is the elite of the elite, the best yeah. of the absolute best in terms of what you're able to produce on the field, on the footy field over the course of your career. So as a coach, you don't think he's produced – like I'm being genuine here uh, – you don't think coaches should be included in it, Hoops? I'll say this. I think it's a chance of happening because I know who's pushing it and it's the big boss in PVL. And generally when he comes up with this style of a concept, uh, he gets his way. And I can understand why there is such a push for a figure like Wayne. Okay, he probably wouldn't have made the Immortals as a player. But given everything that he has done for the game, Gordon, and, yes. and, and his contribution to the game over five decades, I can understand why it's a conversation. Well, that's why the Hall of Fame's there. And that's why there's statues, right? There's so many other things you can give him. Yeah. So many other things. You can give him a statue, right? You can give him a medal, right? So maybe there is, you know, the Coach of the Year is the Wayne Bennett Award. There's so many other things that you can give. You know, like the Vince Lombardi I'm trophy sure right in the NFL. Like there's things. certain things, right, that can be renamed. 
but the immortals, can you just leave one thing to the players? Can you leave one thing? Because that's because when you grow, grew up and you played our game, that was one thing that was untouchable. Like, well, especially for blokes like myself. And then you see someone like Andrew Johns and you see the next group of players that are going to... So who's you know, the next immortal in your eyes? Probably Lockie? Billy Slater. No, Billy Slater. Oh, oh, it's a development print photo between Billy, oh, JT, Lockie... I'm a strong believer if you don't make it in your era. So let's throw all those guys in, right? Yep. Yep. GI. And and the best of those guys go in, that's it. Then you go to the next era and the next five guys. You don't go back in three years' time because if we all voted now and go, who was the best, right? It'd probably have to be. Well, how do you split? How do you split Billy Slater, Thurston, Smith? Well, see, so that's where there's a committee. See, so I'd say Cameron Smith. Because of his record and he changed the way. I think he is the greatest number nine to play our game. And I think Billy Slater is the greatest one. And then if you went to the greatest number seven, you know, there's, well, there's already Andrew Johns there. So if Joey, and there's Elf. Jammer, I'm interested in your thoughts on it. I'm interested in your thoughts on it, Jammer, about about the concept of the Immortals and, and whether or not Wayne deserves to be even in that discussion and if it changed. You know, and I get what Gordon. You actually make for once a compelling argument. You actually, it's rare. It's rare, but it's actually there. Actually, is some sense to it. Um, (laughs) Jammer, I'm interested in your thoughts as a former player uh, who's played a lot. How you see it? Whether a coach should be included in these kind of things? Yeah, look, uh, I can see both sides of the arguments. I've got no doubt that Wayne Bennett um, from what I am aware of and my experience with him and what he's achieved in the game, um, I would put him up there with the the greatest coach our, our, our sport and our game has ever known. And that's, you know, probably with a bit of lack of knowledge of, of some of those that, that have been before us due to my age, but that's all I can say. But to Gordon's point, we do need to protect categories. Um, so we... we you know, Wayne Bennett could go on. He could win the competition with the Dolphins this year. He could win it next year with the Dolphins. The year after that and the year after that, he could start. The, he could take over the 18th team franchise and turn them into, you know, he could go back to back to back with them. But that wouldn't necessarily open the door for him to become an immortal because it's categories. It's a category of a player. And unfortunately, we live in a world where we all want to be inclusive and everyone, but okay, we have to be we have to not include. We have to be discriminatory. And be that is for the category of the player only. Because, okay, well, we do it for Wayne Bennett because he was the best player. Well, what, okay, like Gordy says, well, what about a Nick Politis that has done so much for the game? What about Peter Philandis that's done so much for the game? Absolutely. What about, what about um, you know, any any of the good referees, if there is any out there? Um, you know, do, do they come in? Volunteer? Oh, okay, well, we'll just open up the floodgates. So, Ray some, Warren. You know, yeah, commentary. Oh well, rugby league immortal. You know, he's oh, rugby league. Mate, Rabbits has called so many great games, and he was the voice of our game. Yeah, like sometimes you need to keep categories sacred and keep them for the people that they're designed to do. I, I say this all the time when we talk about state of origin. We've got to protect it. We've got to protect what what it means to be from New South Wales. We've got to protect what it means to be from Queensland. There's rules and regulations in there, and and you know the. It, you know, not give it, not making Wayne a rugby league immortal. It isn't. 
It isn't anything negative towards him. No. It, it's not, it, it, it's just that you, you can't get there because the the, the category, it, you, you don't fit in that category. I'm just looking at the guidelines now, Dobbo, around the NRL immortals. And there's obviously 13 current immortals. To be chosen as an immortal is the greatest honour a player can receive. And it is widely considered that to earn the accolade, he needs to have changed the game or had an impact beyond his career. So the first four immortals that were named early doors were Clive Churchill, John Raper, Reg Gaznia, Bob Fulton. Yep. Then they decided they were going to add another couple that went to Changa Langlands and Wally Lewis. Then it was Arthur Beetson and Andrew Johns. And more recently, most recently, it was Daly Messenger, Frank Burge, Dave Brown, Norm Proven, who was part of those 11 premierships in a row, Goody, that you referenced yep. earlier. And the 13th immortal is Mal Meninga. Yep. So it's illustrious company. It's a, it's a damn That's strong... Cool list and when you look at the criteria and and read it in black and white i can understand why gordon's mounted the case that wayne should be in the hall of fame but to put a coach into the immortals would mean you have to change the rules because arguably right but but you know what is just the best roster yeah okay well we know that that is in some cases but i would say this knowing Wayne, as we all know wayne bennett I actually don't think Wayne Bennett would agree with the nomination to become an immortal. I think he respects the history and fabric of that, and I and I and I know that there's a push for it. I don't think Let Wayne me tell Bennett. You something. Wayne secretly would be loving. It. <laughs> <laughs> he would be secretly. If he's sitting uh, back, big long neck. If he's sitting back with the old slippers on today, big cold and a little pullover, and he'd be just reading back and just thinking, "How good is Wayne Bennett?" <laughs> I played on the wing, probably three games, mate. Actually, mate, there was this funny, mate. There was some great footage of Wayne because he bagged us one day, right? Yeah. So I don't know where Elf and Kevy got this footage. Oh, this is brilliant, right? Of Wayne playing, and it was the muddy, it was like gladiatorial, this game was playing, and all you saw every now and then was this real clean jersey running <laughs> running past the camera. It was Wayne oh, on the wing. You know, when they, he, he looked like the touch judge. He was cleaner than the touchy. We're going to take a break. This is Sunday Sinbin right here on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Lister. Ready or not. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not. Welcome back. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to Listener Footy Talk Podcast. James Graham, James Hooper, Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobbin with you. A little over an hour before kickoff for the Melbourne Storm taking on the Cronulla Sharks. That game we call by Anthony Maroon, James Graham and Gordon Tallis, your expert commentators. Uh, not far away, we've got James Graham's toughest player. We're also going to talk about Brad Fitless' future as a New South Wales coach. I've got to talk about Liam Martin. Obviously, um, Category 1 hoops, and so that's an 11-day stand-down automatically. The 11th day is the 21st of June, which is Game 2, State of Origin. It now puts a question mark, you know, from a, you know, duty of care, whether or not that's the right way to go, whether or not he has, what hoops he has to jump through, uh, and whether or not New South Wales risk that, um, being so close, your understanding of it? Well, I'm not going to pretend to be a medical expert, but the way the rules are set up is it depends what happens in the next 48 hours. So he's got to go back to the chief medical officer from the Penrith Panthers. If he doesn't have any headaches and he doesn't have any other symptoms, then the way I understand it, he can 
be cleared, which would mean he's on extremely limited training duties, no contact, all that sort of business, but then potentially he would be able to play in the game. But he, he's got to clear that, right? And Yeah. Because uh, he's still got to pass all the tests. Because 11 days would rule him out of origin. Yes. So, so, he, so he's got to get special clearance yep. in order to play because he can't – without that special clearance, it's not like he'll sit out the 11 days and then play the following day. He's going to need special clearance Correct. to play. And wouldn't it be modified training too, guys? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Gordon. Yep, yeah, for sure. Wow. So, But where it's interesting is you go back to Tommy Turbo out of State of Origin <clears throat> 1. Yeah. Now, originally we were told that it was a Category 1 – I think Tom even did an interview after the game where he said he couldn't actually remember what happened in the incident, wow. yet then Manly were able to mount the case that the doctors who were at the venue at the time, Got it wrong. as opposed to the bunker, deemed that it was a Category 2, he was cleared, and he was allowed to play Friday night against the Dolphins in that I think we're getting ourselves week. into some dangerous territory here. Yeah, I'm with you, Gordy. Mate, if there's a doctor on the spot that sees you and a club can override him four days after. Yep. I think it's a little bit dangerous. I think we've got to go with the doctors on the scene. It's starting to get a little bit policy on the run now, isn't it? Yeah, we saw that with Tommy Turbo getting cleared yep. and being able to play uh, uh, on, on Friday night. we spoke night. about that. Yeah. So, 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 like, then, mate, my theory is the doctors there and then, as severe as it is, they make – because they're there on the spot. They've witnessed it. They see it. They've got all the evidence in front of them. They're talking to him. And they're trained professionals, aren't they? Yeah. That's what we got to live with. And if they say it's whatever it is, we can't then go and find, until we find a doctor that clears them. Yeah. And the, just keep on right, going Gordy. until we get a doctor. Yeah, you're right. But, but, that but, but, will also, clear them. but also, it's got to come down to the individual. So, so basically, from, from my level of understanding now, it, it, it's basically up to Liam Martin whether he plays or not. We, we, we all witnessed w- what happened. But the, the, the test that he's going to go through, it's not that stringent. It's on the computers. But basically, fundamentally, from my understanding, it's an honesty test. So this is sort of the 11-day stand-down was bought in to protect players from themselves. We know, we know that we know that, them from we, we know We know the character that Liam Martin is. Just just watch his reaction to when he, get, he gets back up, he stumbles over, and he's got that glass look in his eye. And you can see him looking around going like, well, where do I go next? Like, I'm still playing. He's got no idea where he's at, but he still wants to just continue on for his team. So we need to be careful there. I would never tell anybody not to play. I totally, totally understand why Liam Martin would want to play in Origin 2, but he's got to understand that the consequences will come with that decision. We're going to take a break, come back. We're going to talk talk about... You're not. Well, see... For people there, no, we don't need to go into it. We don't need to go into this. Which says, let's wind it up. Yeah, there's plenty more to this. That's like he's about to crack a big stock whip on Balboa Beach or something. Get hey, listen, <laughs> hey, listen, boys, you leave the Mossman Mall or alone. <laughs> Sunday Sidbin <laughs> on Triple M. We'll take a break. Come back with more. Triple M Sunday Sidbin. Triple M footy lives on Lister. Ready or not. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready now. Welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. All thanks to Listener Footy Talk Podcast. James Graham, Hoops, Gordon Tallis and Ben Dobbin with you. Uh, not far away. An hour and five minutes to kick off that game. 
Cronulla taking on Melbourne in Melbourne. Uh, we, Anthony Maroon will be your call. We'll preview that game very shortly. We've also got, well, thanks to Mitsubishi Triton, James Graham's toughest player. Uh, Brad Fittler in the spotlight once again, and I don't un- really understand why, uh, Hoops. Um, he's won three series so far uh, as a New South Wales coach. That's a lot more than a lot of more esteemed coaches who never got a series win, um, yet... The constant chat is that if, if they don't win this series, that he's under pressure. I, I'm not 100% convinced why that is the case. Well, I guess the question you've got to ask yourself, Dobbo, is when you're not winning, how long do you get in charge of the state team? So this will be Freddie's sixth season now. As you just pointed out, he's won three of those series. But crucially, if the Blues are beaten in the 2023 series, that will mean that he's lost two out of the last – Three years. So do you then continue to persevere or do you say, okay, at this elite level, maybe we need a shake-up, maybe they need a different voice? You can go back to even when Wayne Bennett coached Queensland and, and Gordon was playing. Like He never did more than three or, or four years as, as a state of origin coach. Not many people yeah. get get six straight seasons. <clears throat> yeah, Matt, Matt, look, it all depends. I, I, I feel a bit sorry – I do believe Freddie's the best man for the job simply because of his connection to the community. And I'll play with Freddie and watch what he does. It's the closest coach. You know, they go, oh, like, you you guys don't get it. He tries to take them. He does the hogs for homeless. He, you know, like, he takes them to yeah. the first responders and then you were there and he takes them to feed the homeless. He, he goes and takes them to the people in New South Wales to see what they're playing through. And, you know, everybody bags him about his selection. I'll stick up for him here. You've got so many options. If I'm talking about the number seven, I don't know who I don't know who I was going to pick. If you got Adam Reynolds, Moses, and Nico Hines, seriously, just toss a three-sided coin because mm. they both can go there and, or like all three of them can go there and do the job. So I think sometimes Freddie is unfairly criticised. Uh, I think last year, Gordy, I hear where you're coming from, but I think yeah. last year when the Blues made the decision not to select Josh Adokar and Jake Trebojevic for game yep. one, then backflipped off on that and brought Jake Turbo back in for game two. Um, had a good win and then ultimately lost the series. You can look at Jack Whiten from last season. He was man of the match in game one. Then he was uh, stood down because of COVID protocols for game two, then overlooked and couldn't make the side because they'd won over in Perth and so they wanted to keep the same 17 together. Yeah. But, look, there's always going to be so much scrutiny around – the New South Wales head coaching position, and the same goes for Queensland. Like yes. it's all, you're expected to win. It's the jewel in the crown, and if things don't go according to plan, the reality of the modern world is that the blowtorch is applied, and everything is forensically picked apart and analysed to within an inch of its life. Yeah, it comes with the territory, doesn't it? And to Gordy's point, it's the choice paradox that New South Wales have, and that whoever comes in is going to have that that same that same issue where, okay, how do I um, how do I pick the best wing combination when I've got four or five different options? Who who plays in the centres? Do I bring in... You know, I've got three fullbacks to choose from. Is do, do, I, do I dare move Teddy on? All these different questions that, that come with the territory. And now Queen, it's been rare this year where Queensland have had so many. Like, you know, going back and talking about whether it's going to be Ponga or Walsh, but let's stay on New South Wales. You know, whoever comes in is going is going to have that. And you know, 
we, we all we're all blessed with the benefit of hindsight where we look back and go well yeah of course I would have played out of car last year hey look what he did for Australia <laughs> well it's different yep it's different and everybody's so passionate calls. and they're all rusted on but yeah. I don't know whether you heard because you boys left the studio Dobbo said that he hopes that New South Wales win so we get a decider didn't you mate Oh, God. No, Here we you? go. Didn't what I said that? was, I, I, hold I want on, Queensland so to win the who, series. Who no, no, for the sake of the game. That's when you know have you come back the other way now. Have you come back the other way? <laughs> that's, you... where you, that's when we know. He goes, I go for Queensland. No, you're not. I don't care. I hope we win the next hundred in a row. What I do know is if Queensland win on the 21st, There'll be 40,000 in an 80,000 stadium Good. plus stadium Good. there for game three. And that's Good. what well, I don't think is great for the game. game Perth, for the pinnacle, I don't think that's great for the game. I don't think it's great for the Too game. Bad. The showpiece, as you say, I don't Too think bad. that's great for the game. Anyway. Too bad. There'll be well, more so, people Okay, so you're thinking of the game now? I'm thinking of the game, yes. I'm thinking of the game. If if they're that proud of a state and they can't sell out their own stadium, that's their fault. Well, that history shows it hasn't happened, Gordon. So. Well, move it to that, that alliance then. Overnight, move it to Allianz, full, full house. There's your problem solved. All right, we should. He should be running the NRL. We're going to take a break. Sunday, Sinbin. Triple M Footy lives on listener replays, interviews, and the only place to catch every Triple M Footy call. Oh, wow, Sunday. So often the day after the night before, a day to lay low, relax, keep out of harm's way, but not here. Rugby League's biggest names get busy right now. Something big is about to go down. This is Triple M's Sunday Sinbin. Welcome back, Triple M Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to the Listener Footy Talk podcast. Tomorrow, the King's birthday weekend, uh, we have the Bulldogs taking on the Parramatta Eels. And I suppose for Parramatta, it hasn't been the week that they would have liked with the issues surrounding Dylan Brown and him now stood down uh, with that no-fault stand-down policy. Um, Hoops, if they don't get over the Bulldogs, is that enough? Do we draw the line through them completely? I mean, I don't think Parramatta can win the competition uh, with the current roster without Dylan Brown. I think, look, very talented side. I know they were last year's grand finalists. But you would think this might be a mountain too big to climb. Well, Dobbo, to your credit, you put the pen through them a month ago, <laughs> at least. I remember that program it was on yeah. a Sunday sin bin. You said, that's it, Parramatta for me. Nah, it's not in pencil. The red felt's out. Bang, they are gone. Um, I say that? <laughs> no, you would think, yeah, it most certainly. With, with Dylan Brown stood down, uh, they are yeah, really starting to struggle now, the Eels. Um, so, uh, depending on how long he is out for, he's been their uh, best player, hasn't he? Hoops. So, that, well, how long he's out for is that's crucial. Is, is massive. Well, obviously, we we hope that the, the law is applied like to everybody. But in ten, from a football point of view, like he's been there shining light this season. He has been strong. And look, I think young Dejan Arcee will get an opportunity to play there tomorrow. I must say that surprised me. I thought they might have gone with Clint Gutherson, uh, more established senior player. I know the old theory about, you know, weaken one position of strength and another, but they have got options with Bailey Simonson and Sean Russell and those types of players also. Yeah, to move them back to fullback and Gutho up there at 5'8". Yeah. That might be their long term. I reckon they'll, they'll try something. Won't they? Because they can't let the season go. I think Parramatta, like, they're still in there with a fight at the moment. So 
if I'm Brad Arthur, I'm going to try every combination to see which one works the best. It'll be one of the big stories of the season, Gordon, if they go from a grand final to not making the eight off the back yes. of their recruitment blunders that have been well-documented. And uh, Where do we land with Reid Marnie, Dobbo? Did he end up getting cleared? Is he, is he now allowed to play? For Canterbury tomorrow, or, or we're still waiting. We're still right. waiting to see whether or not he can play or not. But that, I mean, you would think him coming up against his rival club Spurs on the Bulldogs. And to be fair with them, I, I know they didn't get the biscuits against the Roosters, but they were they were very very good uh, against the Roosters. The Dogs they they played a much better style of football, and they are improving. Parramatta's run is not easy. I, I mean, they've got the Bulldogs tomorrow. Then they turn around. Hold on. Do we read the Bulldogs played good when when the Roosters? The Roosters played well, but I thought the Bulldogs were How improved. they played last night, that shows where that game was at compared to where the big guys are. No Fair question. Point, I'm, not saying they're a tight, I'm not saying they're a top four side. I'm what's just saying. The draw? What's, the, what's their run? Parramatta out? have got the, the Dogs into Manly um, at Combank, into the Dolphins um, on the Sunshine Coast. They've got the Warriors, the Titans, the Cowboys, the Storm, the Dragons, the Broncos, the Roosters, and the Panthers. It will be a, for them for them to make the eight. It is going to be a very very tough road home. It is a tough road home for them, and it could be rubbed, um, you know, you could know, sooner rather than we think. Could you be know. rubbed. Yeah, they could be rubbed. Like if they don't win the next oh, two weeks, out. if they don't win the yeah, next two right. weeks, they're done. Yeah, okay. You know, in my eyes, my calculations. Okay, and that's now, not. Yeah. While we're on the subject of the king's birthday, we've got a proud Englishman uh, on board with us as always today, Jimmy. What, what does this entail tomorrow? Do we do we yeah, get up early? Happens? Do we do we put the yeah. Union Jack on? Do we? What are we? What, you, you know, what's it the game plan? you know, it isn't actually his birthday. Oh, what? it's not. No, it's not. No, same as... So like this has taken up his I knew mums. that. No, it obviously, like, like this before Her Majesty passed, you know, the Queen's birthday, they don't just pass on their birthday. This is just a, the hol- like, it's just the name of a holiday. This is the national holiday. Well, we don't get a holiday back home. For also, this. You don't get a holiday for his birthday. Because well, it's not the actual, but I don't know why. So when do you celebrate his? Do you celebrate on the? Oh, oh don't, there's no, there's no oh, so this King is or Queen's birthday in England. Back right. home, this is just a. So you a never New celebrated South... his birthday or or hers until you come out to Australia. Is that what you're telling us? Look, Gordy, I don't need much reason to celebrate. So I mean, we know that, mate. Listen, I have in my in listen, my calendar. Has spoken to you and Joel. Uh, no. In my calendar, I get all the holidays put in there. I'll, you, you name it, I'll celebrate it. <laughs> oh, look, in, in all seriousness, um, yeah, we're very happy for the king that everybody gets a holiday in New South Wales. And, and tomorrow's game is a bit. You'll expect a bumper crowd out there. Hoops, you know, dogs. Traditionally, dogs yeah. para are a big game. Well, Massive we saw game. we saw yesterday at Cogra what afternoon football the draw card it can be, and especially when you got big clubs. So yesterday, Dragons and Souths, two traditional rivals. Tomorrow, similar story. Uh, I'd be thinking, you know, with a public holiday, people with a day off, a lot of people. The weather's good. Uh, nice and sunny, then people will want to get out to the football. Yeah, 100%. Hoops, get out there and get it watched. You know, the, the Dragons and South fans set the standard, didn't they? Plenty of reasons yeah. for them not to go. You know, where, where the Dragons are on the table, South without a number of key stars. So no excuse. Get out there, support the, support each team. This is a huge rivalry that goes back decades and decades and decades. So I'm looking forward to this one. Some of the best oh. grand finals ever. 
Yeah. Um, or oh, in the oh, hold on. And then Jimmy oh, Graham makes like... up a really good point. When your team's on top, they're cruising. It's when, mate, when you need their supporters, when you're down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But that's when you need to run out and see your colours. Yeah, well, I just want to. I just want to make a, a, a retraction if I can. Um, oh. And and I want to make this flip. retraction. I'm going to backflip. Has it got a pirouette in it too? I've done my calculations. And I've, done, I've just gone and done some calculations while you three are gibbering, and I'd like to say that to Parramatta fans, I apologise. You will scrape into the eighth in eighth spot. I I do not want to put the line through you yet. No, you said, this moment. This I already the, said I called BS on no, you no, month. I did no, the I called I, BS about I a month ago when eight, you put the I'm line through. I'm not asking for your comment. I'm just saying I'd like to apologise to the Parramatta yeah. fans right this moment. Well, get your crystal you, ball out again, Dobbo, is, is this, and then you just make all these no, wild predictions. predictions. Does this come out of the crystal ball with the gummy bears? It does, <laughs> doesn't it? Keep going, lads. Keep talking. <laughs> it's Gagman style here on the Sunday Sydney. James Graham, James Hooper, Gordon Tallis and Dobbo. Zach Lomax will be joining us next from St George's, the Sunday Sydney on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sydney. Triple M footy lives on Leicester. Ready or not? Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not? Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Ben Dobbin, Gordon Tallis, James Hooper, James Graham for the next four hours ahead of the Melbourne Storm taking on Cronulla. That game will be called by Anthony Maroon. Sunday Sinbin, all thanks to Listener Footy Talk podcast. The Dragons, it was a... Bloody great scenes out there yesterday uh, with a almost full house, and they performed beautifully. Thirty six points to thirty over South Sydney. One of their stars is Zach Lomax. He joins us on the Simbin. G'day, Zach. Hey, lads. How are you? All right. Congratulations on the win, mate. But we were talking about at the start of the show. What about that crowd? The Red V was out in force yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Um, it was almost a packed house. Running out there, but yeah, there's no better feeling than running out there at Cogger with a packed out house. And same goes at Wynn Stadium. Mate, talking about the feeling, g'day Zach, it's Gordy Tullis here. Talking about the feeling, mate, how was the feeling being around the club? Obviously, you know, you guys have been under the pump all year with obviously coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. How is the vibe? Hey Gordy, yeah, yeah, mate, it's, um, it's actually, it's, Surprisingly, obviously, there's been a fair bit of speculation over the club and, and um, that's because there's a, there's a rich history at the club, but I guess that's rugby league, mate, and there's always there's always something going on. But I mean, us as players, we're trying not to buy into it. I'm sure whoever takes that that coaching role over, and obviously that's the main speculation at the moment around the club. So I mean, whoever it is, us as players and, and the club are going to get behind it and um, and then just worry about competing every training session, every game, mate. Hey Zachy, it's Jamaria. Congratulations on uh, on the victory last night, mate. I was uh, I was really happy for you all in the Red V. Um, Obviously, Flano has had a little bit to do with the club before. Um, w- would you personally like to see him back in charge in a, in a full-time capacity? Yeah. Um, Flano's obviously... He's obviously a, a dude that, that is very passionate and um, I get along well with Flano too. So I'd imagine whoever's going to take over the job, is, um, is gonna be, it's going to be the right decision. So, I mean, there's obviously a few candidates that have been tossed up. Obviously, Kari's doing a really good job for us at the moment. He's a young face, and and um, he's absolutely full of enthusiasm. So I'm sure whoever whoever takes the role is it's going to be they're going to be the right man for the job. And us as players and and the club will just be 
um, welcome with both arms and, and ready to get on and, and mate, try and win as many games as possible. Zach, you're one of the, the, the stars of the team there. You signed up long-term. Um, has anybody spoken to you about your thoughts? Nah, nah, not not really. So, I mean, that, that's just well above my pay grade. And, um, I mean... I don't know about that, Zach. One a year in the census, you, know, you, you get yeah. plenty of say. Well, the, the I guess the thing is, you're the highest paid front row to play the game, so more pommy, that's for sure. But, um, nah, mate, it's, I'm, I'm sure, um, I mean, it's probably... Probably up to Benny Hunt. He's the one that's on the on the most amount of cash probably in the league. So I mean, and he calls the shots, mate. So we just we just do as we're told, I guess. The other boys, and um, I'm sure, yeah. As I was saying, mate, whoever, whoever takes over, it's going to be the right man for the job. And um, mate, I guess it, there's been a fair bit of speculation, but I'm sure it'll be. Well, there's talk that it'll probably be done this week or next week, mate. So I don't think it's too far away. Zach, congrats on the win. They were epic scenes at Cogra yesterday, and it has been a roller coaster ride for the club uh, for much of the season. What I want to check has anybody from the club spoken to any of the players about the process of what is actually going on? Because it seems, from an outside point of view, there's been a lot of confusion, and you touched on before that there's been a lot of speculation about who might or might not be coming in. No, well, mate, there hasn't really been too much talk. I mean, Curry's obviously taken over. He's a He's um he's a new bloke to obviously obviously the coaching gig and um he's obviously he's obviously a younger younger coach in comparison to the rest of the coaches in the NRL but mate we haven't we haven't bought into it obviously mate there's there's a fair fair bit of speculation um and but mate we haven't bought into it as, as players like I mean we're just worried about training the best we can and uh, we're we're currently sitting on the bottom of the ladder at the moment, mate. So we're just worried about every training session being the best men and best players we can and, and just trying to string together some wins. So the more we buy into that, the, I guess the more more effect it probably has on you as a team. And, mate, we're really trying our best to not, not let it get to us and uh, just trying to be as professional as we can, Zach, both you, on the field and off the field. Zach, do, do, do you think um, it, it needs to be dealt with, with quick, quickly or an announcement made quickly? Obviously, we, we thought Jason Riles w- was w- was done and dusted, but do you think with with an announcement that then that would just then quieten down the noise in the dressing room, alleviate some of the, the, the stress and the pressures um, that no doubt happen in the changing room when you, when you don't know who's going to be in charge for, for the next couple of seasons? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be speculation there, and and you know, Gemma being 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 a part of it, and um, yeah, us as us as a playing group, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably the best thing best thing for the club is to is to make a decision. But I'm sure I'm I'm yeah, really positive that that we're not far off a decision. So I reckon it. As I was saying before, I reckon it'll be done this week or next week. But um, I'm no CEO, so I don't know where where it's at. But um, uh, hopefully you're not too far away. Hey, um, as well, just on, just on yesterday's game, um, the the greatest comeback that that never was. Uh, just <laughs> just how nervous were you on that last set of six when when Salsa throwing the ball about? I, I mean, I think like everybody, we thought it was done, but with what three minutes to go, Salsa nearly turned it on, didn't he? How how relieving was that moment when uh, when you got the ball back? Yeah, absolutely. I thought when we when they scored that second late last try, I thought. I couldn't believe it. I was almost a little bit speechless when we got back. I was like, Jesus, how did we put ourselves in this position? And um, thankfully, mate, we ended up um, shutting, the, shutting the play down and forcing a, a drop ball. So, mate, it was um, it was definitely a win that we needed to, a lot of relief um, off the shoulders. But I, 
Mate, to, to tell you the truth, I don't, we haven't been far away in the last few games. Like, I mean, our effort's been there and it's just it's just slipped through the last the last few games. But we're, we're definitely building, absolutely. And I feel like our effort lately in the last in the last month of footy has been really good. Zach, you touched on your caretaker coach, Ryan Carr, a moment ago. What's he been like since he came into the role? What have been his key messages to the playing group? Because he had that great win against the Chooks um, the week that he, he took over and there'd been so much controversy and so much speculation around the club for a number of weeks. And then another gutsy win again yesterday at Cogra. Yeah, I think I think with Kari, he's, he's obviously a great fella as well and um, he, he's going to make a, an absolute hell of a, a head coach one day. I've got no doubt about that. But he just absolutely instills in enthusiasm and just competing on every play and never about any and no one walking. And he just absolutely eats, sleeps and breathes rugby league. It's um, he's a he's a great family man. And uh, but to um, to his um, detriment, sometimes he probably doesn't get enough sleep. He walk he walks in. He's he's had about fourteen shots of coffee as um, as a wise man. Once showed me like James Graham. He has about fifteen every morning. But um, <laughs> yeah, Curry absolutely loves his coffee, but loves his footy even more. Yeah, mate, go and enjoy the bye. Appreciate your time, Zach. Um, and look, we we will obviously we know who will be coaching them in twenty twenty four. You would think this week, Zach Lomax. Appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much. Thanks, lads. Have a good day. Cheers, Zach. Good on you. This is the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on Listener. Ready or not? Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not? Welcome back to Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to Listener Footy Talk podcast. Footy Talk, your daily source of all things NRL, bringing you the latest news, interviews, expert analysis, and banner from the world of rugby league. It's now time for James Graham's Mitsubishi Triton Tupper's player. Thanks to the Mitsubishi Triton, nothing can frighten a Triton. Jammer, who's winning it this week? Yeah, this week's toughest player goes to Tino Fa'asu Malaawe with uh, with his performance, not just on Thursday night, but um, I, I believe you know we, we we were chatting earlier, and Gordy was so kind to point out the fact that this is his third game in eight in eight days. I was already uh, marveling at his level of performance, but for that to be be the case, and I guess. Uh, there's a couple of things that I, w- I want to highlight w- w- with Tino and in terms of his toughness, um, his mental toughness not to get drawn into to throwing down with John Bateman, uh, which would have seen him, you know, ruled out a state of origin. Th- that was very, very close to going off. And I know Bateman was... was um, was trying to bait him. Ba- Bateman was Bateman baiting, yes. Yeah. Uh, let, let's just put it like that. But there was a shot that he actually put on John Bateman, which sparked wow. all this. And, and that... <laughs> It's all, it's not just being on the receiving end of one of those shots, but it's then what that does to all your teammates. And then you, every time you're on the inside of your half, you're just going, right, I need to be... I, I can't accelerate with full force because I, I know Tino might just be there. And th- those are the type of tackles that you don't want to be on the receiving end of uh, and all, when you can't see w- what's coming at you. And that's exactly what happened. I've very rarely seen John Bateman get knocked off his feet like that but it was Tino that did it and they were at each other all game I love to see it after that they went looking for each other but Tino had a very very cool head but not just that I think much has been made of the Titans second half performances we we see it 
um, a lot week in, week out. They they get off to a great start in their first half. They fade out in the second. Tino each and every week fronts up. And, and I actually was thinking before the game, is it perhaps time for Justin Holbrook to change his approach? And because, you know, one of the, the catalysts for that um, decline after starting so well is the usual removal of Tino for Asu Malawi and Mo Fodawaka. I thought maybe it might be time to bring Tino off the bench. Start Mo, get the sting out of the game, and then put Tino on after 20 minutes, and then he, he can play 20 and then finish the game. And then maybe that will, um, you know, spark something or just having Tino on during that p- usual period where they fade away. It didn't happen, but maybe it's something to, to look to the future, you know, especially coming out of origin when Tino's looking like he'll back up for the Titans, whether or not he, he takes that role off the bench. I think it might suit them more and, and help put away those second-half fade-outs, but it, it, it wasn't needed in the, in the game, and it, largely due to the fact that he put his hand up and, and, like Gordy said, played his third game in eight days. Just on that running duel that he had with Bateman, which was great theatre, would he have been able to understand what Bateman was saying? <laughs> Can anyone? <laughs> Come on, you so- can't, no one. <laughs> can you just give us a little insight of what he would have said? Well, it, the, and, and you can even swear because we won't understand it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would be, that'd be brilliant if I could. Um, look, look, but, but Bateman's got this 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 um, brilliant ability to to say something, and then his last couple of words just words just sort of mumble them off, and you just go. Hang on, what? What is he? <laughs> but, but look, I, I spent a lot of time with, with John Bateman. Great character to be around. And if you think he's difficult to understand now, wait till you see he's got four or five pints into him because then it is just... Yeah, and, and as well, like, yeah, Bateman doesn't... Bateman's a space invader. So on a night out... He invades your he invades your personal space, and <laughs> um, you know. So, so that makes uh, you, you, what you do. You just get into. You just smile and nod and go. Oh, I know. You just. You, I, I agree. I agree, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He could be talking about anything, and you just yeah, smile yeah. and nod. And then he's got you in the headlock, and you're looking up and he's going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." What do you think about this? That, yep. I'm I'm on your side, John. I agree. <laughs> is Tino the, the greatest signing that the Gold Coast of the Gold Coast Titans history? And I mean that genuinely, like, wouldn't he? I don't think you, Scotty Prince was. I, a, I understand you know, Scotty Prince, but what Tino has done yeah, for his no age, doubt, no doubt, for like a young kid to back himself, you know, he was in a great system to go to a club that, you know, wasn't winning competitions, no. not winning, and thought that he could turn them around. And you know, from what I understand, is he doesn't want to leave until he wins the Titans their first premiership. So. It's a great signing in that sense to have someone like, He's like elite. you know, that just goes, you know, like, and we talk about it, like a Sam Burgess, like a James Graham, one of those guys that you can just rely on them, play big minutes, quality, and they set a standard. And the others are slowly dragging up to him, like, as well, you know. And and it's called a forward pack. It's not called, you know, like a forward single. So, like, with a pack, you need a pack. And I think at times the other guys let him down, but... Um, He's Verrill's made a big fa- difference for him. Verrill's makes All a big difference is, for him. He's one of those players that I would love to play. You know how you yeah. say, oh, would you like to come back? I would love to like put your arm around him and pack in the back row or in the front row, even though I wasn't a front row, but I'd play it for him. Verrill's was very good the other night, and you've got Mo. And the basis of that side well, that's there... that's his third, yeah. third game, Verrill's. And, and, and the Titans, it is a second-half fade. And do you know what? If you knew, well, I tell you what, you'd sell it to him for a lot of money, but you just don't... 
you know, like you just don't know because you go there and if they can play good for 40 minutes, it's there's something mentally that's not right. And then Jimmy Graham just come off, well, maybe it is when they take Mo, Mo and Tino off that the standards drop so much that the young guys can't come on and do. So it's, you know, you've got you to gotta always have one on. And, you know, it's a really good point because we found that when we were playing with the Bronx that we would lose a lot of momentum, but Wayne would pull Petro and Webby off at the same time and they can't go off together. One mm. of the big dogs has to stay out there. That could, and that's just the presence on the field. You need one of your big guys on there. So that's something that they can look at, that's for sure. Uh, I think it's definitely uh, worth looking at for, for the yeah. Titans in their the front row rotation and whether or not Justin Holbrook maybe just tweaks it a little bit. Um, and look, front rowers do get, um, they want to start, they all want to start, and yes. the, the, it's a 17-man game now, and even, even you know, some of the... Well, some let's of the, be honest, because they all play 60 minutes, don't yeah. they? Well, you know it, I mean? even some it's of the... what 60 you play. Even, even some of the commentary after after Origin 1, it's like, oh, I think this player should have started, but, you know, you, you can be just as impactful and have a more yeah. meaningful game from the bench than, than start, yes. I, you know, yes, you want to start hard, start fast, do all that sort of stuff, but you know, if your bench can win you a game, yeah, and then that energy that they come on with, yeah, it's mate, it's been used up in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's made like then, mate. That's that's fifteen or twenty percent of your tank gone. Sometimes even more. You know, mate, with with like how fast the game can go. Then you come on, and then they're down a little bit, and you're f- fit and fresh and raring to go. You can look, you can look a little bit bit a little bit better than if you started the game. Do you, do you think that the Titans and and I'm asking the, the three of you here because we're talking about Tina Kent that they they're hovering around the eight. Now, they've had some really poor performances, they've had some really good performances, but they they go into the bye off the back of the win. They've got Brisbane, Canberra, the Dolphins, Parramatta, the Roosters, Cowboys, Warriors, Sharks, Panthers again, Storm, Bulldogs to finish off. Now, I've got them pegged that they can win. I, 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 I honestly think they win another six games. Now, that would get them around the eight. Are they a top eight side in 2023? They have to be. From when they started the season, I think that they are. I think that they do have a top eight roster. And I just looked at my Fox Lab predictor here. Yep. <laughs> which I brought I thought you work, were banned from the lab, Gordy. Did they let you back no, in? No, he's a bad, he's no, allowed no, back in listen, there. I, like I snuck in. Brian <laughs> <Well, laughs> Fletcher, right? I stole his keys and just went into the lab. <laughs> Do you play with a Bunsen banner? Well, yes, yeah, so oh, how good he is that? He has that? to wear a white how jacket. He has mate, to wear a white jacket. Mate, the white jacket and these fake glasses that I have on. <laughs> but they're 15% chance. So then they throw in all the calculations on where they're playing. 15% chance of playing in the top eight. Well, I think that's not good enough. For me, it's going to come down to the fitness of Foran, of Brimson, and of Fafita. That yeah. you know, if they can, if they can have a healthy roster and, and string some games together, keep Verrills on the field. Hopefully, his injury woes are behind him. They they looked a different team with him pulling the yeah. strings. I, I I probably thought, you know, you know, thinking about the the Roosters. I thought you know they, they got the way better deal with, with Brandon Smith coming in but you forget what a guy like Verrills can do in the right team very crafty service great game manager I think he, he brings a, a lot to that football team up on the Gold Coast and AJ Brimson like he is wow. da- like what about that where he burst out the tackle from I think it was Talau charged him he just gets up beats Talau again yeah. and then sees um, Campbell puts in the kick for him like 
that's a special play. You, you, you need more and more of that. Like, if you keep him fit, you, you, you're sweet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. 12 points, uh, six wins gets You're them. welcome back to the Gold Coast anytime, Gemma. I know you need a suntan, but you can oh, come back, mate, yeah, and we'll I'll give you the there. keys to the city. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> not you, not I'm you, I'm part Mr. of it Finn. as well. Oh, well. Yeah, all right. We're going to take a break. This is Sunday Sydney. again. Fair This is Sunday Sydney on Triple M. every chance you get. We're getting off. This is Sunday Sydney on Triple M. Triple M Sunday Sydney. Triple M footy lives on Leicester. Ready or not? Triple M Sunday Sinbin. You can't stop what I got. Ready or not? Welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. Not far away from kickoff, Melbourne taking on Cronulla. Anthony Maroon, James Graham, Gordon Tallis, Dan Robinson will be on the sideline. Boys, this game is really important for a lot of reasons, mainly because both sides haven't been anywhere near their best at different stages. It's it, it, it's seriously fourth versus six. Cronulla, seven wins. Melbourne, seven wins. The only thing separating them at the present moment are, are the buys, and this has got a lot to like about it. Melbourne, obviously, uh, they will lose Munster, and we know Cronulla will... It's a, it's a trial for Nico Hines in a lot of ways. Hoops, what do you see this one, and how do you see it playing out? I think it's a massive game for both clubs, Dobbo, but particularly the Sharks because Melbourne have been a bit of a bogey side for them over the course um, of, well, a number of years now. I know that Craig Fitzgibbon will have had this game circled on the calendar. He'll see it as a litmus test and a statement game for the black, white and blue. Look, they were... A little poor last week. They showed flashes of brilliance, but uh, clunky in parts as well against the Brisbane Broncos. Great win by the Bronx, led by Adam Reynolds. Uh, But I get the feeling as though... I I think it'll be super close. I think the Storm will want to rebound after probably their worst performance of the year against North Queensland last weekend. Uh, But I think Melbourne will have a little bit too much class. Yeah, I think it's important for both clubs, isn't it? Uh, as you said, Sharks, well, both of them are coming off a loss, but the way the Storm lost to the Cowboys last week, you would just to have hated to be a fly on the wall because you would have got sprayed and the training that you Craig Bellamy swatted. would have put them through. But, I, yeah, but I, I just think it's really important for, like, both clubs. They're very sort of even on the ladder. They're even with their attack, even with their defence. Um, and Nico Hines coming up against his old club. So you think... Craig Bellamy would just have him sorted out. So that's a... I think it's a great test for Nico Hines for State of Origin, coming up against a side that know him so well defensively. Well, yeah. and also yeah. from that... On that Origin perspective, Jimmy, you got Munster playing for Melbourne Storm and, and Nico calling the shots for Cornell. Yeah, look, as I've already said, I think this is Nico's to lose. Uh, I don't know if this is a, a, an audition of such. I back Nico Hines. Um, I've heard him speak before about you know his mental preparation. He, he's prepared for everything, and th- there's no team that he'll want to play well against. Despite the fact that Origins around the corner is his old team, that Melbourne Storm, um, that ultimately made the call and said, "No, we, we we believe in in Pappenhausen over you." Like that, that's a big motivation. He 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 speaks very re- respect respectfully about his time there. Credits Craig and some of the the staff down there for his development. He doesn't know where he'd be without them, but he knows he's in a position where he he'll want to get one over this team. And I think if you look at it from both teams' perspective, they're already looking back at this year and going, if but maybe's, how did we lose that game? That might cost us later on in the piece. The, both of these teams need to get into the top four. Forget forget being in the top eight. 
this is this is a this is a contest to get into the top four. This is what both teams will be striving to to do, and I don't know if there's a spot in the top four for both of these teams at this present moment. With the way this competition is going, I don't know if top four is available for the Sharks and for the Storm. This is what they're competing for here today to tr- to to kick start this not kick start this season, but get after that position that's left in the top four that I believe will be. I think it will be Penrith, I think it will be Souths, and I think it will be the Broncos op- occupying three of those. There's one spot left. These two are in the fight, and this is a bit. This is a big contest. We, we talk about you know traditionally how the Storm manage their origin period. Well, this is all part of it. They're going to lose, you know, they're, they're going to lose a couple of players, and there'll be the fatigue factor over the next couple of weeks. The, the Sharks are in that boat a little bit as well. So a huge game, and, and like I say, the, the, there's something worth playing for between these two teams. It should be a great game. So many stars on the on display. If there's a coach that knows how to shut down Nico Hines, it's Craig Bellamy. He's you know done a lot for him, obviously. So I'm just uh, really excited about where this game goes. You know, it, it's interesting. You look at and, and Jimmy, you've talked about you talk about this top four, and and, and, you, and you're right. They currently sit both on 18 points each. They've had the exact amount of buys. We really won't know. Until every team's had two buys, how you know like there's three, everybody gets three, but once everybody gets two, because at the moment Penrith the leading, but Brisbane go into a buy, and so does South. They haven't had a buy yet, and well, they've still got three well, to go. All you, need to, all you need yeah. to do, Dobbo, is look at the three. win loss. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that I think anybody you know that if you're looking to for a fair representation of the ladder, skip the points, just go the win loss. Record, yeah. So you know, it, it is it is a bit of a bizarre ladder. Like how a team that has won eleven is below a team that has won nine is yep. uh, mind boggling. But that it is what it is. So I think that's the best way to to, to look at it: a win percentage or look at the uh, with the win loss re- uh, the win loss record. That's do, why you get paid the big bucks, Jimmy. Do we, do, so I've been trying to work it out for. Oh, you put the boys in there. Yeah. Yeah. The win loss. Who do you like? This Don't afternoon? even worry about the boys. Yeah, the advocacy nope. out, win, loss. Yeah. Oh, mate, I got the Pythagoras. I'm just sitting there I'm going. To <laughs> Melbourne at home are very difficult to beat, and, and and you know you would think that you know today in front of yeah. a home crowd with the cowbell getting banged, they're going to be difficult to beat they're, at home. They're always a tough side, right? So, And every time you write them off, they they make a fool of you, right? Any time you underestimate Melbourne Storm as an organisation, they come back and they bite you. So there wouldn't be a coach or a player that knows that when they're going to play Melbourne that it's an easy day at the office. So they're going to be tough, as you said. And to make matters worse, they're coming off probably one of their worst losses in the club's history. Yeah. Right? Yep. So... Munster, so there's no excuses. Yeah, they had a bit of an excuse. You know, the good players come back and they played Origin and maybe they didn't have the, you know, like they took off their heads and put on their pumpkins for a week, but I guarantee you that they'll have their heads on this week. You know, the, the interesting thing is, and we talk about that, we we talk about Nico Hines and it's an audition in a little way for him whether Absolutely or not he can get it done. Is. Well, Christian Walsh is in that battle with Mo, Mo Fortuaker from the Titans and also Corey Horsburgh. Horsburgh, yep. he's had his chance, Mo's had his chance, Christian Walsh, it's now time for him to show whether or not he should be that bloke that gets named tomorrow. And 
that all these come into it. It, 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 it is an important game for so many reasons uh, because of the importance of Origin playing as well. So it'll be interesting to see what Melbourne do. And, and you're right, after they got humbled by the North Queensland Cowboys last week in Townsville, I, I, I've never seen a loss like that by them. I mean, what wasn't the, wasn't it if they'd scored one more try? If Trent Town, if um, Townsend hadn't have gone, Trent Townsend, Chad Townsend hadn't have gone for the, um, the, the field, goal. field goal and they'd scored, you could put the ruler, history would say you could put the ruler through the Melbourne Storm winning the competition. He plays on the Eastern Seabird, I think, Trent Townsend. Speaking of origin auditions, and I think you, you, you're right, Dobbo about, you know, Christian Welsh coming to, into contention for, for, for Queensland with, with a few players missing. But, you know, a guy like Dale Finucan, is he, is he going to put his hand up? You know, with, with, with a lot of the injuries surrounding some of those similar style forwards, that lock, that can play a bit on an edge, is Dale Finucan, is it his yeah. time to put his hand up? He's going up against his old team as well. Like, well, like there's been a bit of noise about Cameron McGuinness because he's a back rower, lock style of player that yeah. can f- slot into the dummy half. Like I think a, know, lot, so, a, Kerry, lot, a lot will come off the back of uh, just how serious yeah. Cameron Murray's uh, groin injury is. I, I, I know we've spoke about this and I said about how, how difficult those groin injuries can be because when they go... Like, you can think you're fine, but one step, and, and there's, there's no just warming through it. When they're gone, they, they, you, you got, you're gone. You can't regain your strength. You can't run them off, so to speak. So that's that's obviously, we've obviously dissected the, the, the origin side of things, but um, that, that's a, that, that's a you know, a big carrot for, for a guy like Dale Finucane. I think, you know, if we're looking ahead to this game, um, Melbourne Storm usually don't go back-to-back losses. They already have done that this year, and the Sharks haven't. They've always responded. Every single bad loss that the Sharks have had or every single loss, the Sharks have come back and won. The Storm were notorious for that. But this season, they have gone back-to-back losses already. I don't know if we're going to see that happen again. A tip from you, Gemma? Yeah, I'm going to go to the Storm to win at home. Hoops? Storm in a tight one. And Gordy? Storm in a close one. Yeah, kick off after this break. That's it from us for the Sunday Sinbin. We'll see you next week. After the break, Anthony Maroon, Gordon Tallis, James Graham will join you for kickoff between the Melbourne Storm and the Cronulla Sharks. Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.